Hi, everybody. Welcome to FNS Wrestling Podcast, episode 84. We're back in the basement. I'm still your host. My co-host is here sipping on booster juice and stretching because he's a lazy boy. And that's my teenage son, Jack. Say hello, Jack. And I plan to be, get even lazier as the day goes Why by. don't you just come for dinner with us, you I'm lazy thinking stack. about it. Okay, good. But anyways, we're back kind of recording this in between a couple basketball games. Younger son's got a very busy weekend of a basketball tournament. So driving down to the city about an hour, they played, a, of course, because they had to play the earliest game possible, right? So. Yeah. That meant I was up before seven on a Saturday, loving that. Drove down. They took a really good team that's actually a division ahead of them to overtime. Your brother brother played awesome, probably. He is the smallest player we have seen in the entire league, but he is good, man. He's one of the two key players on his team, I would suggest. So uh-huh. he played great, um, really aggressive. Eye of the Tiger hit some clutch free throws down the stretch. So nice. a stinging loss, but they played really well. We were pretty proud of them. So... We're going to try and knock off a full episode of the podcast before I got to head back to the city mm-hmm. for another game, right? So um, I don't know. That's what's new with me. What's new with you this week? Anything to talk about that's exciting in your life? Um, you weren't no. prepared for this? Like you didn't know we were going to banter for the 84th straight episode? Yeah, but I just don't really have much going on. Um, Getting through school, yeah, video games. I have tests on Monday, so. Nice. Gotta, prepared or not? Not yet. In French? Yeah. That's what I heard, yeah. Right. I heard a rumor. Yeah. Nice. But yeah, so he's you've started semester two of your grade nine year, and things are going okay, I guess, so far, right? Yeah, easy. And we're just hunkered down in the middle of winter here in southern Ontario, hoping to get to spring, get the pool open. That's what mm-hmm. I, as soon as the new year ticks over, that's what I start thinking. When's the pool open? When can I be immersed in water? Right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I don't know. It's just a lot of running around for basketball for your brother, which is fun. And I don't know, what else do you, anything else to talk about in this uh, week I, banter this certainly week? Certainly not for me. Certainly not for me. <laughs> you are contribu- You have nothing to contribute I'm to the I'm very boring. So am I. If I didn't go to basketball, I'd be <laughs> exactly. the same. Like, oh. Yeah, I'm like... So I, I went I, to work, I came home. I did... I, I'm building a bridge, like a school Oh, you're building, bridge. right. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Like, I, I don't really... In one of your classes. So yeah, that's kind of interesting. Never much. Right. Unless like we're actually doing something like you have something to do, I have nothing. And I'm still kind of off work modified due to <laughs> right. my until like March break. Back and leg issues, yeah. So I sort of have mornings right. off and Which I is go. It's actually kinda of soon. It is kinda of soon. Right. And I'm feeling somewhat better, right? Like I get through the day fine. The nighttime's a bit tougher, but sleeping was a bit better last night. So mm-hmm. getting a full night's sleep will be nice. That hasn't happened in over a month. So I don't know how I'm surviving. I've just sort of adjusted to a very minimal sleep routine, but anyways, right. who cares, right? That's mm-hmm. enough about us, I yeah. would say. Let's transition into talking about wrestling because I don't think too many here people are here to hear us banter. I could be wrong. Let I'd me like know. to see like just a whole podcast of that and we're, see if we're going to get flooded with emails. Just banter for two hours, no yeah, wrestling right. talk at all. <laughs> just talk about anything else. <laughs> just anything but wrestling. Anything but FNS. Anything but wrestling podcast. Yeah, right, mm-hmm. and everything else podcast. Yeah. But anyways, I say we move into that now. Looking at some of the week's uh, news and rumors. So in terms of ratings, which is where we always start off, um, Tuesday's live post-Vengeance Day edition of NXT 2.0 drew 612,000 viewers, so up 16.57%. Can't wait to hear about it this week. It's great. Got a 0.12 rating in the key demographic, which is up just over 9%. So as expected, right, they were on sci-fi for the last two episodes because of Olympics, so the ratings were pretty much trash. 
Um, so this is back to on their norm on USA network, right? I think is where it is in the States. Yep. That's so what it is. back on there and drew uh, 612,000, which isn't, I don't think terrible. Um, so it's going back to the last USA network show. It's down slightly. So about their normal ratings, I guess nothing. I didn't enjoy the show particularly, but that doesn't always tie into ratings so much, but then we're talking about Dynamite. So Wednesday's Dynamite, it was live. It drew, they got over a million again, which is nice. 1.01 million. So up a pretty decent 16.23%. Earned a nice 0.40 in the key demo, which is up 29%. And so that episode tied with the January 5th premiere episode on TBS uh, for the fourth best audience this year. So I don't know. Again, I always say like that million viewer threshold seems to be a pretty good spot for AEW to hit. So I thought that was a decent rating for them. And a 0. .40 in the demo is pretty solid as well. So I don't know why I keep doing NXT ratings, really. But because I guess we still cover it, right? I, so You do. I almost I did look at impacts. I didn't write it down. But they were just over 100,000 viewers and a tiny bit up. Because they just had that pay-per-view, right? Which I didn't re end up reviewing. I watched it. It was, it was fine. I would say my favorite match was probably the... X Division qualifying match as those tend to be really fun and everything else. I think I saw a bit of that. I don't think anything was terrible, but uh, I did fall asleep completely through the Good Brothers Violent by Design, whatever that... Mm, Good Brothers God. Right. I, I totally fell asleep um, through that. So anyways, but anyways, that's all I told you. I, I usually do my news Friday nights and Saturday mornings. So last night when I checked, there wasn't anything that interested me. And then obviously this morning I didn't have time because I was out of the house at the crack of dawn. So news is your responsibility this week so uh, so inform me enlighten me on what's going on in the world of wrestling we'll get right out of the way as i'm sure anyone with half a brain knows what went down his buddy matthews is all elite that is um, true spoiler seemingly in the house of black now so Seems that's to pretty be. interesting given the history there yeah fantastic SK wrestler buddy murphy which i will probably sometimes call him that still because it opens up a whole bunch of really cool matches right and it's he's awesome and it's different when it's in aew because it's cool matchups working that style too exactly right there he's not, not like, working like, main roster style like i feel like it's different i'll see buddy matthews versus brian danson rather than buddy murphy versus daniel bryan which right. i think they where do where it's but, different because yeah. i'll talk about it later but and like he got his shorts back I liked WWE Daniel Bryan and I respected him, but he is was nowhere near what he is right now mm -hmm, in AEW, exactly. right? Like it's not even close as far as I'm mm -hmm. concerned. So that's good. I'm glad to see Buddy. He's not his character work and mic work aren't very good, but, but in the that, ring he's I mean, terrific. He's in the house of black, right? Where it seems like black can kind of take care yep, of that, right? Exactly. So, he doesn't have to say much. Right. Um, but I think he's awesome. I he I is. loved him from that two oh five live run he had. And I did notice you're right, his shorts are back. Yeah. Those funky I remember the people making fun of him at the head show. I don't know. I like him. It's just, it's unique. It, was he basically debuting that look when we saw him, I feel like? We saw him at a house show in a small he, town in Ontario. It was either, like, during his, like, um, run when he was, you know, when he was, like, um, trying to make the weight limit for the tournament after right. Enzo vacated the right. title. Because I remember. Because he had to cut, like, 20 that pounds. That was his return to TV because right. he was returning, entering the tournament, right? And it was either before that or during that. And we saw Ricochet before he debuted it, there, right? They, they, it, that was the match, yeah. right? Yeah, Ricochet, Ricochet, Buddy Murphy at a house show before Ricochet had even debuted in WWE. Exactly, so that was, yeah. So that's one of the reasons house shows are kind of I think cool. it may have been during Murphy's 205 Live on them because I know it was a pre-Mania tournament because remember they had Ali Alexander at Mania 34 yep. and then TakeOver New Orleans was when Ricochet debuted. And, and you said like 
it was before Ricochet debuted, so right. I think it was during. Before they killed Ricochet's career, we got to see him live, so that's nice. He's challenging for the Intercontinental title next week. Well, that is a prestigious and... belt, as we all know. <laughs> oh my god, speaking of prestigious, <laughs> I saw that. that. They might be doing Zane Knoxville for that at Mania. Johnny Knoxville. Oh, I was the like, they're going to title. Knoxville? How does that matter? Oh, the person Knoxville. Well, that is take my money. <laughs> like, that's disgusting. Yeah, but anyways, so yeah, that's really cool. Yep. I'm very happy with that. That's so good we news. got him and Keith Lee pretty close together, so that's really awesome. Yep. Um, I feel like there's another signing that they did kind of recently, but I'm trying to remember. Kyle O'Reilly, that's what it was. That's true. That's three. Very good. Um, And uh, speaking of, I guess, I don't know, similar... Um, trying to segue this one never mind <laughs> shoehorn um, it Cesaro in there did quietly leave wwe i think his contract expired and he uh neglected to resign yeah that uh caught me by surprise a little bit he just seems at this point like he's a lifer Contempt right like he's just gonna stay there forever and maybe he'll resign i don't know but and um I'm, i don't know where he fits to be honest i don't at really this point. care but i would love him in aw um now that i think of it like i, I thought about this as soon as i i saw he was gone I'm like cesaro danielson well, yeah, for sure. But I don't know. Like, again, their yeah. roster is so big yeah, right now. Yeah, but I think he they is great. could see money in him. And I he deserves... Like they, could. He, they could, right? And that's the trouble is I'm so used to his WWE persona and the way he's presented <laughs> that, like, you, he is capable of so much more. You just have to remember that. I don't know that. what it is. Right. Because yeah. I was watching him in Ring of Honor when he was Claudio Casignoli. Oh, maybe if they do, do, like, the ROH Bring in Chris show. Hero for a tag team. Oh, yes. I miss him. They're, they were an incredible tag team, honestly. I miss honestly. him. They, they could totally do that. Like they if, could. I, I don't think the AEW tag division is a waste of time for them because, like, it's a good division. No, it's great. But I yeah. would love that. So interesting to I've, see where he lands. We'll I'm, keep an eye I on it. I miss Ono. Where is he been since he got I haven't released. heard anything about him. It's been a long time. It I, has. I miss him. I wish he was still in UK because we're watching that. We are watching that, and he's good. Yeah. Um. So in a time where they kind of just let contracts expire, yep. um, in AW, just like rather than releasing people, yes. take notes, other people. Right. Like you actually fulfill your contract, right. and then we'll talk. And then if we don't want you, we just won't right. sign you. Imagine. Um. They have extended Brian Cage's contract. Well, have they? Because he's been such a prominent piece of the... If they're bringing in the muscle for the ladder match, why, why don't you throw him in? Right, because he can also do like crazy flippy stuff if he needs him to as Keith well. And Keith Lee in the same match. Like, hello, right. that'd be awesome. Yeah, good for Cage. No, I, I don't have him. a problem with him. He hasn't been really presented as a star or anything to this point, but he's a solid guy to have there. I definitely saw a lot more for him, I think, especially when he had Taz, now that he's kind of out of that group. It I think doesn't... it's the standard everywhere he goes. He looks like a million dollars. He can wrestle, but there's not a ton he's, of charisma, and he can't talk. As great as he is in the ring, he's just not a total package. Right, he's not. Like in the ring yes he is but like as a whole package right I mean, there's something all, missing as a whole wrestler he's not like Agreed. i feel like keith lee is like at least he can kind of talk right right and like you know what i mean yes like, so i feel like it's kind of different yeah so that's... no cage has to have a mouthpiece he has to be right. in a group and or a I faction i don't understand or... why he is head of team taz and right. stark shouldn't be in there in Agreed. the first place stark should be gone i mean i i do think he's good in there but i don't think like it's necessary no like, I feel like you could uncage Hobbs and then someone else. Hook? Like, if you want a third one. Oh, right. Hook. Like, Hook's like... Cage, Hobbs, Hook, and Taz Hook, speaks Hook for them. Hook is in there, but, like, Hook's not really, like... And then you add um, Layla Hirsch. Exactly. And Taz speaks for everyone, and boom, we're done. Right? Mm -hmm. Makes sense to me. But what do we know? What exactly. else you got? Um, last one is that apparently Shane Strickland is on the verge of becoming all the FDA 
Isaiah Scott. That would be cool. How Tyler can they Lover. keep signing everybody? I, I don't, don't understand. Know, but like, there's they do have tons of money, so that's probably they're, it. They're making it work for the most part. They the are. only recent-ish signing I can think of that the, that's not going too great is Andrade, and even then he's not doing like the worst. Swerve's another guy that I uh, would love to see what AEW does with him, a character-wise, because they'll let him have input. I think he said he's trying to get away from the hit row thing. He's got other ideas. Okay. Yeah, but, I was going to um, say, I really like that. But, I mean, if he's got other stuff, I'd like to see And, that. again, they'll let him wrestle a style because he is incredible, some of the stuff he can do. Yeah. Not that NXT. NXT if, is the one place in WWE at that time he where you could kind of. good still, yeah. Right. Um, um, but not anymore. I'm telling you, man, they need another mid-card title. I don't know what it would be, but they need another mid-card title. I still don't want another singles title. I they, I think so. Trios, yes. I singles, think, no. I think we need trios titles and another mid-card title because there's just too much here. And, like, you can keep the TNT title on, like, on TNT, and then you have something. I, you don't even have to do that. Like, you switch that to a TV title, and you add in another mid-card title. Like, there's just so much, I feel like. Like some, like there's usually a lot of good views. Like there's stuff like Punk MJF and whatnot, yeah. like Daniels and Mox right now. But like I feel like you also need like some other re- stakes. You know what I mean? Like another. Yeah, title. I just I find the more belts you add, the less prestigious each of them are. Yeah, I I do see that, and like I do think that's kind of what WWE's done a bit. Yeah. But I also feel like AEW doesn't have a lot right now, at least in terms of each division. It depends, division. I guess. Like, do you consider the FTW thing real? I don't. No. And I still think there's enough no, titles. No, that, that's like the million-dollar title. Yeah. Like, that's not... I think they need, like, one more mid-card title, and then they're perfect. And yeah. then trios titles, if you want. Because to me, like, adding trios titles is different than adding a singles title. Because singles title is, like, adding it into an existing division. Yes. Trios titles is, Inventing. like, creating yeah. another division. That's, like, adding a cruiserweight title, which I don't think they should do. But, no. like, it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's, like, adding the tag titles is a different thing than adding, like, a mid-card title, yep. right? So I feel like they could do both of that. And then, like, I feel like that helps the roster because I don't think they need, like too many mid-card titles but i think they should they could use one more yeah I, i'm good with the way it is it but i see guys, what you're saying like swerve something to do if he was in. yeah and also i do not want them to sign jeff hardy at all i don't either but it's coming i think they've already yeah. been teasing it a little bit like mm-hmm. even the one i forget what match it was where matt hardy <laughs> left through the crowd like his like jeff did when he got basically fired remember he just walked mm-hmm. off in the oh, middle of a house, house show or whatever show, yeah so matt hardy walked out in the like in one of the matches and left through the crowd i think that was sort of a and he also made their their finger gun gesture to someone's face last week i think Mm. it was so it feels like they're teasing (laughs) it if he starts doing like the dance yeah exactly (laughs) then we'll know but yeah um that is everything that's everything for news Mm -hmm. all right well that was uh i'm glad you picked up the slack for me thank you i'll try and get back on board with finding some news next week Mm -hmm. but until then let's get into talking about this week's episode of aew dynamite we kick off with one of two number one contender matches we'll be getting in this week and next week we have a tag team battle royal i think they said 10 teams i'm still a bit confused by this whole setup but yes no okay so talk to me talk me through it this one right tag team battle royal the winners get in the triple threat match of the pay-per-view right right and then there's some other and then there's a casino royale which is like when's that next week okay and then the uh, the winning team of that gets the remaining spot so are they saying they have 20 tag teams or, or are some of the ones from this going I'm back? I'm thinking because there's the segment with the Bucks where they say 
oh, we have a shot next week. So I'm thinking at least some of the teams from this week are Oh, good going point. Back they in. did say that. Right? Yeah, you're, you're right. Because I was unsure. Because I was so thinking was I. they but could they go either way. But so I'm, maybe they introduced some new teams and then they just like, I think the box would be, make sense to go into next right. week because they were the runners Because when they were talking to Red Dragon and Cole, they were like, we want to, yeah, we'll get to right. that. But yeah, and, okay, and that they, makes sense. And they had like, I would say like you pick like some of the best performing teams from this week maybe. And, and the then you throw in. them in. Where's Bear County, bud? That's what exactly. I'd like to know. I mean, I was about to say where's Gun Club, but they were here. They no. were here. Sorry. I am. The ass I'm, boys. I'm pretty sad. There was no chaos project. That I too. did not get to see that Luther too. in here and I was hurt. Did you okay. hear the crowd was chanting ass boys and they were like getting mad about it, I think. <laughs> Even nice. though they've like trademarked it, I think. So mm, clearly yeah. it's like part of their heel gimmick. But anyways, yeah. go ahead. Um, and they did say both members of the team must be eliminated, which right. is the way I like it. Me too. I think that just makes for like more interesting dynamics well, and, and it allows it to stretch a little more. And to me, like what was it the final six of this that i w thought it got super fun yes. so that like doesn't happen right if they don't if they don't work it exactly. that way so i think that is a ringing endorsement of doing it this way exactly for sure. sorry go ahead um so i'm mostly be covering eliminations it's not yeah, that's fine much interesting um blade took out alex reynolds and then gets tossed by silver classic you toss someone out you get tossed out right it's and that's the only thing with every battle royal like it's, there's it's hard to not fall into the tropes i feel of like them like oh i'm gonna stand facing the ropes and taunt or you like and not you look behind me over and then and not just wait walk to see, away yeah don't wait to see that they actually hit the floor like go celebrate or move on or like, you like suplex let them over the ape onto the apron and then you fight on the apron right i guess it's hard not to but it gets old that's yeah, why i'm not a I big know. battle royal fan in general i but... like them if they're done right yep which i think they did and one thing as we're talking about the early part of this that i did like is it was like everybody sort of paired off around the perimeter of the ring and it left the middle it space to them to actually like wrestle kind of like unnatural but i do like it because like you're saying it allows for some um for right. some substantial it allowed, like, action at least i specifically remember butcher got a good little run there right because what normally happens is there's just too many people so it's punchy kicky all over the ring and like struggling to lift someone over the ropes and i know no, that definitely happens in the rumble and there's no actual wrestling right so right. but this one they that yeah they they tried to provide a space for people to do stuff which mm -hmm. i appreciated mm -hmm. um so colton low bridges the rope for austin to toss out ortiz but he counters and tosses out austin gun and santan eliminates colton so like so i guess that's kind of a trope where like it's like the the elimination goes wrong yeah that's right. and then like and then colton's just like yelling at austin and right. billy for like five Far too minutes long. Yes. and then santana just pops up behind him and just throws him out so i thought santana was one of the people they took some time to make look good too which mm -hmm, i appreciated because sure. he's awesome yeah but like the face paint's supposed to be special man Come on. <laughs> the, the kid that loves face paint complaining about face paint it's weird i, I find it fascinating well, that you want less face paint i want normally you're like bring on more face paint yeah Everyone wears well, face paint all the time my two points for why they shouldn't be using the face paint so much is it's a special, before it was special because i remember the two specific instances were slam anniversary 2018 sure and and then um, the parking lot, bro, right. which they did reference here. Yes, they um, did. And then now they've just been wearing it every week. And also, I feel like it's like, it's different when Jeff Hardy's wearing face paint every week, for example. Don't come to AEW. Um, <laughs> like, he, he changes it up every week, like Ray Mysterio's ring attire or something. You know what I mean? Like, I feel yeah. like their face paint's pretty similar each week. So, like, Fair enough. at least change it up if you're going to It was a bit different this for the Battle Royale. It I is think. always, like, a little bit different, yeah. but I feel like it's like... I don't think... I think it was Ortiz's I didn't love. I can't remember specifically. But anyways. Um... Three dragon eliminate Chuck Taylor. Also, I noticed the way they do it is 
So lowercase re, capital dr, and then lowercase agon. Right, because they're doctors. The dr. Doctor agon. <laughs> right. Oh, is that their re, name? Re doctor agon. <laughs> Obviously. Doctor. You didn't who, know who is Doctor Agon? <laughs> I don't know. I do not know. That's somebody who's coming later. Oh, mm, the third Jeff member. Hardy. Oh no. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, oh, he could go. Uh, he could go to Impact. He's got history there. Yeah. You get to enjoy they, that. He could have him. Yeah. Oh, I hope they do. They'll that. go back to the gimmick. Did you ever hear about the gimmick where we had access to his thoughts? Have you ever seen oh, that? Oh, I don't. I am it's not. something special. I've heard of Immortal and like he had the ugly looking belt. No, no. Then... We had access to his thoughts. It was like. Really? I remember How one was the being work? Kurt Angle's a machine and like it was bizarre. How does that It didn't work? last long. <laughs> but anyway, sorry. <laughs> we're off funny. topic here. Um. So then John Silver, the Maze Private Party, um, 2.0 being our tease near the ropes and they get tossed up by Santana. Uh, the Bucks super, super kick or tease out to eliminate him. Um, Bucks and FTR standoff, another callback there. Mm -hmm. Um, but FTR ambushed by Redragon. Um, FTR eliminate Nick Jackson, so they take out the superior Buck first. That's crazy. Not okay. And I liked FTR did a bunch of just standing in the corner together and letting everybody else fight, which mm -hmm. is smart, right? And that's a good heel thing that FTR mm -hmm. would do. So, um, Lawrence Cassie has carries Trent right in an electric chair for an elimination save. Um, Bobby Fish is eliminated before the commercial break. I didn't catch who got him, but he did get godded. He did. Um, Dunn totally, got godded. Mm -hmm, totally tries to help Cash eliminate Silver, but he counters and eliminates Cash. Um, so there's six guys left, no complete teams. You have John Silver, Matt Jackson, Trent Beretta, as he will always mm -hmm. be referred to. Um, Kyle O'Reilly, Dax Harwood, and Santana. And this is where I think things kind of really kicked Absolutely. into gear. Right? Yeah, there was some good action here. I didn't cover all of it, but there was some good stuff. Um, Santana and Trent Beretta battle on the apron until Kyler Riley and Matt Jackson and them simultaneously. They battled on the apron forever, I felt they like did. there. They also had like the kind of standoff before, so yeah. they did kind of reference the parking lot right. brawl, which I think was awesome. I remember that. That was really good. Mm -hmm. Um, And already eliminated, Bobby Fish sneaks up and eliminates Dax, who's fighting Kyler Riley on the apron. Another apron fight. Mm -hmm. Um, the final three are John Silver, Kyler Riley, and Matt Jackson, so it is kind of interesting because there is that kind of Bucks... Undisputed Era yeah. faction. And one thing I liked when it got to the final four, because it was... who Final four would have been Harwood and them. Because Dax ended up looking over at John Silver because it was kind of like, I have to join forces with you and I'm not thrilled about it. was kind of the look he gave, which I thought like, oh man, I have yeah. to, which I thought was cool. Um, There's a flurry by Silver, which was really nice. I like when he gets them in like on the, over the middle rope and just runs and pump kicks them in the back right. of the head. Yep. I think that's really funny. Um, They do like a super kick version of tracing, Chasing the Dragon. Yes. So I thought that was kind of cool. It looked good. And so in like a flash, like it happens in like three seconds, it feels like Matt is like up at the ropes. He tosses us over and then Kyle Ray just zooms up and right. throws Matt out too, which I know that's kind of been done before, but I liked it because it was like, it was just like all of a sudden I'm like, whoa, yep. that just happened. Makes sense sometimes, yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, And Red Dragon advanced to Revolution first, which I was, I predicted. So yay. Yep. I like they're doing exactly what I want. And then after the Bucks come in and argue with Red Dragon, right. um, Hangman's hangman's music hits and he walks down the ring he just attacks red dragon i thought the bucks it was kind of funny they just kind of watch and they're just like and hangman kind of looks at them and they're just like yeah they're walking away and then cole runs in from behind tries to super kick hangman he catches it lays into cole but red dragon saved cole from a buckshot and silver comes in cannonballs red dragon and throws kyle riley in to take a buckshot and then hangman cuts a promo asking who's ready for story time with adam page baby <laughs> mm -hmm. i thought it was kind of funny now he sits on a steel chair in the ring 
and says the tale begins in 2008 when, when a smug little prick named Adam Cole came to pro wrestling and became world champion everywhere he went. He says Cole saw the world around him crumbling. NXT, I assume, because mm-hmm. it has. It, it crumbled. It definitely crumbled did. real bad. Oh, yeah. Uh, Cole came back to his friend and came after the biggest prize in the world, the AEW title. Um, he says Cole said he worked step-by-step closer to the prize, not knowing he was working to a six-foot hole, and then at Revolution, he took a step too close and got beat by the better Adam. The better Adam. Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, he said Cole get cocked by Buckshot, and that sound would be a boom. Ha, get it? Cause boom. Yep. Mm. Uh, what did you think about that in the promo? Uh, I thought the I, the match, and I don't usually love battle royals. I enjoyed the majority of this one. Um, I thought it was a good start for the show. The I like the finish. It makes Kyle O'Reilly look smart, and it provides them a way to further write the issues with the Young Bucks and Red Dragon, with sort of Cole being stuck in the middle, which is gonna come up again on this show. I thought the aftermath was fine and Paige made some decent points. I felt like it was dragging a little bit by the end. I kind of lost focus, but I think there was nothing wrong with it. It was probably just me being tired or something. So yeah, I thought it was a good start to the show and I'm pretty skeptical of Battle Royals in general, but I thought this one was pretty good. What about you? Yeah, I think Battle Royals sometimes kind of fall into the same stuff a lot of the time, but um, I think they did a really good job here. Um, I actually liked it. I think it was pretty good for Battle Royal. Didn't start out too hot, but even then, some people got to shine in it, like you mentioned with Butcher. Um, I think some elimination spots were good, and some were the old tropes. Um, it was especially great when they made that final six, when they could really do a lot of stuff. I think it was really nice. I liked also keen down to solos, which just kind of creates a different dynamic, which is really cool. There are a lot of cool stories weaved in, and also some callbacks. There was furthering the Red Dragon Young Bucks tension. Right. There was callback to Proud and Powerful Best Friends. And Bucks FTR, among other things, I think is really cool. It was a smart way to tie in a lot of things. And a, a smart start to the show as well, I think. Um, the finish was sudden, but I think it was cool. And I think definitely the right result. And now we're one step away from this ideal scenario. I think the Bucks do definitely have to win next week. So I think it cre- looks that way, right? That creates like a it makes a lot match. of sense. I think yeah. it makes, like, I, f- I don't know how I didn't see it right away, but I it definitely does seem engineered for this storyline which i think i think is done really well too and then i think one of them has to win the belts which i would probably say red dragon at this point i don't think bucks need to go again and no and i don't sucks because i feel like and we talked about jurassic express they haven't had a great run but do you think that they were ever meant to win the titles who jurassic express because remember what happened yes I so and phoenix still hasn't come back so yeah, maybe. it might have been. Maybe it wasn't the plan. I don't and know. And I don't remember the finish. I'm pretty sure it was a roll-up finish. Because so I... they've been kind of barely visible as champions, right? Yeah. Not that I'm... I don't enjoy their matches, but... I'm starting to think maybe it wasn't, like... Meant to be. Planned. Right. Because it, it really didn't seem like... I thought the finish was out, because I think it was, like, the victory roll finish, a la Penta Oscuro on this show. Ugh, yeah. Um, and so I'm kind of thinking maybe that wasn't meant to be. And then this is the way, like their accidental transitional teams, which would suck for them. Cause I think they would deserve yeah. a good run and maybe they do get that down the road. I think Red Dragon, Red Dragon, um, should get the win. And I think Bucks don't cool. have to get pinned. Right. So that can keep that thing and then going we too. And could move to Red Dragon Bucks. Like, yes. So, which would be awesome. I agree. Um, the page promo I did actually like, I like him mocking Cole. Um, I think the promo was pretty good. I didn't love Kyler. They had to be fed to a buckshot, but yeah. it's not a big deal. Right. No, I mean, it's the champion's finisher, so whatever. It's not a huge deal. Yeah, my friend was pointing out, like, the buckshot's stupid, and I'm like, 
It kind of is, but I don't it's know. not. I like it yeah, it's yeah. It's basically a lariat with a bit of flair, right? Like I don't know. I guess you could argue he picks up momentum from the flip, but yeah. Well, kinda. that's like saying the it's like the phenomenal forearm, kind of. Yeah. In 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 a way, if you get what I mean. Yep. Um, but next we have a Brian Danielson interview. He says he's been really impressed by Garcia, and he reminds him of a young Danielson. Makes uh, sense. So I guess Danielson was overrated back then. <laughs> Oh, he's throwing, throwing shade at Garcia early <laughs> on today. Um, he says the main difference is he had a great mentor. Well, I think he mentioned Regal, mm-hmm. I think it was, which that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and Garcia's Hangout 2.0, I wouldn't call them mentors. Right. Uh, <laughs> yes, he takes shots at 2.0 here, which I um, enjoyed. And he would be an entire different level with him or Mox, and he'll show him tonight. He says he'll give Mox his answer after the match. And I thought it was a pretty nice little promo. Um, it was quick but good. It explains the match a little more. He just he was like saying like he wants to show Garcia violence. Yeah, whatever. I like that logic too. He's gonna prove to Garcia what training with him could do and would right. be like, right? Um, and it connects it to the storyline going on more. Um, and the comparison of him to young Garcia or young him to Garcia is all right. Like I feel like similar I see where style, he, I see right? Where he's yeah, coming from, but at the same time, like no, no. Um, yeah, I like this promo too. I think that's the message, right? Is here's what I can teach you sort of thing. And it's all about, he does it in the match too. He's yelling about where's the violence. He's, you know, trying to get him to be more violent. And that I think he's trying to suggest Garcia is basically wasting some of his prime, spending it with 2.0, right? Where he could be getting elevated by uh, Brian Danielson as his trainer and mentor and whatever. So and all the time, I like Danielson's also still courting Moxley to join him, right? So I thought this was a really cool Danielson promo, but I'll talk about it later. I'm possibly losing the ability to be objective about Danielson. I'm just in love with his current run so much that, like, pretty much everything he does for me right now is gold. Oh, I thought you were saying you are going to lose the ability to um, believe Garcia. Uh, no, Garcia. but it's just, like, um, everything Danielson does I'm in love with right now, so I'm losing my obje- objectivity, possibly. But anyways, mm-hmm. I'm honest about it. Uh, next, we get an MJF <laughs> in-ring promo. He's coming out looking kind of sad. Um, yeah. This was a very interesting one. I am... I don't know how I feel about I'm it. I'm not, not gonna sure lie. what to think either. Yeah. Um. So... MJ said that he gets that you guys want to boo him, but he asked if they could give him an opportunity here. He said when he met CM Punk years ago in the photograph that was shown last week, Punk said it was another Friday, but to MJF it was more than that. MJ said that there was a point in his life where the only reason he got up in the morning was because of professional wrestling. He said he loved professional wrestling and he loves AEW. MJ said that in 2007 he was 11 years old, therefore he is 11 years older than me. Nice. Wait, what? So then... Wait, I'm 14. Yeah, he's 26, I think, right now. Oh, I'm supposed to be 15 this year. Wow. Right. So that makes sense. Story ah, checks out. That's interesting. Um, He had disabilities like severe attention deficient disorder, ADD. There's known as ADD. Um, while adding that... Ha! Adding! Yeah. <laughs> uh, that every day was hell. MJ said that he liked playing football. He gave a uh, shout-out to <laughs> Jewish people. He did. And said that he was a middle linebacker. I find it hard to believe MJ played football. Yeah. It's just kind of interesting. Um, MJ said that one day at school, he thought he was going to make friends, but in their hands, they had rolls of quarters and threw the quarters at him. Free money. Um, they said, pick it up, Drew, boy, pick it up. And MJ said that he cried, but then later that day, he got to meet CM Punk at an autograph signing. MJ said CM Punk was his hero, and CM Punk was the best in the world. He said that day he was going to be like a serious CM Punk. He said that his five foot nothing ADD riddled Drew boy was going to become the best in the world. 
Uh, I'm just in 2013. He had football scholarship offers. That's cr- I, that's just so weird to me. Like, Why? I feel like I'm just like he just doesn't look like a football guy. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? He's, like, I feel he's like not super huge for that I feel position like someone either. Like uh, Roman Reigns, who yes. did, did football, you could be yes. like, oh yeah, he did football. Like for MJF, I'm like, it's like um, you know, Axel Heck in the middle. Yes, he he's far too small to be a football. That's player. what I'm saying. That's like, like it's like MJF's at least kind of muscular. Yeah, like I'm just like sure. Um, and just said he was watching tapes and he was practicing promos until his voice got hoarse because he wanted to be like CM Punk. Um, MJF brought up January 2014 saying CM Punk left MJF and CM Punk left all of us. Um, MJF said he realized that if the best in the world couldn't do it, then maybe he should bury his dreams. MJF said that there's an Instagram account called the Wrestling Classic and there was this photo of CM Punk shaking hands with Brian Danielson. MJF said he was livid. He got in his car and made a promise to himself that day that he would become the best in the world in spite of CM Punk. MJ said that he made a promise that he couldn't leave a kid the way Punk did. MJ said that on March 6th, you can whip MJ with a chain, make him bleed buckets. He will not quit because then he'd be like Punk. Ooh. MJ said that he's not a quitter while adding that he's Maxwell Jacob Friedman. He's better than you, and you know it. Mm-hmm. And then CM Punk walked out, and he asked if it was real. Like, like just off mic, like, just walked in, like, yeah. is that true? Is this true? And MJ seemed to like kind said, of yeah, nod is. that it was. He did. And then he, he said he kinda, it is true. Yeah. yeah, and then he walked away, and I I saw someone catch that he winked at the mi- at the oh, camera, but Thank I'm not God. I'm not sure if he did because yeah. then in another one from TJR, I I didn't, didn't, see, didn't that. see him catch that, so I'm not sure if he did or not because I didn't catch it either. No, I didn't either. Um, so what did you think? Uh, I have so... ex- I'm confused because at first I was thinking like, oh yeah, this is interesting because like I'm just like being all genuine and like, but no, I he can't, can't be. I can't tell. I don't want him to be. I I don't know. So I think vulnerable MJF and I, I the crowd as well. It made them uncomfortable a bit, right? Because and that's very cool that he has that power. And I'll start out by saying I was that saying, like I love how like he brings this like whether he's trying to be real or not, he brings this authenticity oh, everything 100%. he's saying. Like whether he's trying to be sad yes. or mad or like elated, like he brings it to everything. And this is maybe a glimpse of him he could be a baby where I would never want to do it, but maybe he could be a baby face, right? But anyways, like remember when he was Cody's friend and he was a baby face? Yeah. His his delivery and stuff were amazing, but the content of this, it has to be, it has to be mind games, right? If 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 we don't find out that this is right, a bunch like, of bullcrap, then I'm not going to be happy. You sympathy for him. Right. So I think that's what he's doing, right? Because Punk went out of his way with that picture to be like, this was a big deal in your life. And, and it maybe was just that a was Friday. mind games for MJF. And now MJF is like... And so now he's it, like... You're right. It was a big deal for me. Like, And so it... If if it's not all a ruse and some sort of mind games, I'm not gonna like this as much because it's too babyface of a promo for like the ultimate heel I would suggest in possibly all of wrestling right now to be sincerely making this promo. It has to be um I don't there's no chance they're turning him babyface. Like the ultimate dick move or so something. So it has to, yeah, it has to be some sort of mind games that he's playing. The payoff must be that some of this part of this all of this wasn't true we'll find out i guess i thought the segment was a bit longer than it needed to be some of the football flashback stuff was a bit lengthy i thought um but it does have me looking forward to the payoff which again i'm expecting the payoff is i did this to manipulate you somehow um so that that will be cool and if it's all mind games to get to punk then i'm i'm good with it if this is all just him being sincere sincere and legit then i'm not as big a fan like he did a great job delivering it but i don't really like it if this is him being sincere so yeah. again i'm not quite sure how i feel 
it'll t depend on the payoff. And I guess that's maybe good writing, right? Cause... I thought it was interesting because I feel like it's like one of those times where MJF is actually like relatable because mm -hmm. I feel like all these times like he's making these points where like it's always right by heel logic. But I feel like this is like I could see this happen and actually happening to someone or like along these lines where like they like kind of just resent punk like they he abandoned everyone like something like that but can't you see him coming out whenever it is finally and being like no man i was a most popular kid in school and i was blah 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 and i had no issues and you fell for all of it right like i think he's just trying to soften punk before the match so that maybe punk won't want to kill him you know what i mean that's what i'm hoping for anyways yeah i could see that cause i'm really not sure i'm not 100 percent sure it's either like right I'm, not 100 Which I'm okay sure with not genuine. knowing. It's I'm not 100% cool. sure it's a ruse. I would like to think it's a ruse. I'm Me too. Sure, I'm sure it is, but I'm not 100% sure. It seems very out of character, so it's kind of odd. It could be a ruse. If it's not, then it has to be a real story. Like I feel like there has to, like it has to be like from actually from him. If it's if it's not mind games, or right. even if it is mind games, maybe it's his real story. And, it still could be. And they're just kind of like, like kayfabe. He had he was like normal and whatnot and like didn't care right um and maybe he's just being a weasel um and so as i was looking at a review i saw someone pick up that he did wink at the camera so i'm not sure if he did or not because right. i didn't pick that up some people did and some people didn't so i'm not sure but i think it was really good because it was like another just passion promo from it and i think it was interesting because there's multiple ways you can take it right i agree so it's got me like anticipating which is probably a sign I of good writing even if right? it's not what we want it to be i think it's still good because it ke it keeps you guessing yep exactly um next we get a quick interview with 2.0 garcia and basically they just don't care what danielson thinks and garcia will show Dan danielson violence tonight um i thought it was fine it was quick it was it was there i just had like good intensity from 2.0 i thought uh, especially matt lee seemed pretty pissed off uh yeah he's funny garcia's not i don't think super great on my, the mic at this point but it was fine it was really brief mm -hmm. um next we get kings of black throne versus pack and penta not penta Zeremy, I don't know. no 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 it's penta oscuro that's right um he's wearing all black he's he had this sick entrance, I must say. The match kind of disappointed me for him, but... Although Alex made me laugh. Alex was kind of odd, but I think it was a really cool entrance. I, I really liked it, actually. Like, I, I liked him coming from behind. He's just, like, doing, like, the his weird yeah. face. Like, he, he's funny. And it was after I had sort of said, uh, like, was kind of making fun of Alex, what is it, Ab his Yeah. His, because I don't feel like he needs to be dressed like a evil minister or whatever he, could be he like, is. You know how Heyman is sometimes afraid of Brock? Yeah, that's what I wanted, right? Like he can be his normal self with him, but be a little bit like because Penta's so unpredictable and unhinged that he's a little bit I would bit love nervous, a dual right? personality Penta, kind of like he kind of like some kind of, like not like the stupid Damien Priest thing. I'm talking right. no, like no. a not quite the same but if you get what i mean a la demon balor yeah that kind of thing like yeah. something like that and jr seemed to agree with me because i wrote down his direct quote was alex is taking this his job very very seriously <laughs> and i thought that was kind of him politely saying what i was thinking like dude i think maybe you went a bit too far with the yeah. change of look but for I'm, you as well. alex aside i think penta's entrance is really cool. cool yep the mask was a little different like i think it was really awesome um i'm just a little disappointed on yeah, I have some issues, but we'll get there. Because to sum it up, I feel like Pac or Penta, he was basically the same in the match. I feel like the entrance that was one really of my awesome. It was really cool. I really enjoyed it. It was different. It was definitely like that their take on Pentagon Dark, something and like then... that. And then the match, it just felt like normal Penta. Agreed. Like it could have been Penta on any other day. It would have been the same match. That's one of my criticisms as well. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think this was an improvement on the first encounter, to say the least. Yep. Which is not a high bar. Um, there's a big clothesline by King for two on point. Uh, Brody King places Pack on Penta's shoulders and then chops Pack, whose momentum poisoned Rana's Penta. Which that was I pretty was cool. Awesome. Yeah, pretty when unique. When he did that, spot. I was like, oh, oh, I was like, what? I Off thought a that chop. Was, yep. It was yeah, cool. it was really cool. I was like, I, I was confused what he was doing, and then he did it. I was just like, oh my god, that yeah, was awesome. It was neat. And that's a cool way to get Pack to poison Rana someone because he does do that. Um, there was a roundhouse and a German suplex for two by black, which is pretty cool. I thought it was funny because they were wearing black and red gear, so his eye contact is red. Right. That's a little <laughs> excessive. <laughs> yeah, probably. I, I, I would, I'd, I do think it'd be funny if his, if his, um, right eye just matches his color aesthetic. No matter what. Yeah. I think that'd be interesting. Could like, do that. I think it's kind of dumb, but at the same time, I'm like, that's funny. Yep. Uh, there's pump kicks by Pac, the only stagger king. He misses a corner move and hits the post, and Pac follows the German suplex before a double super kick to King. And Pac, or Black goes to Mist Penta, who covers his mouth and then rolls him up for the win. So, knock it, Black got rolled up. Yeah. Um... Yay! Um, and then they attack Death Triangle afterwards, and Black grabs the shovel that, um, right. Penta, that brought. Penta brought, and then the lights go up, and Buddy frickin' Matthews appears, so that was sick. And Black does a great job selling this. He like he just drops to the mat and he's just like kind of like like the it's like they they even said it too. It's like the classic always oh, seen a ghost that kind of thing. Right. And he's looking like he's seen a ghost. And then Matthews is kind of pacing on the ring as he's as Black is just like sitting there fearing. And then King's kind of standing in another corner, just like kind of watching, uh, just observing it. I didn't see what he actually, did, but then he just kicks the crap out of Pack's face. Just yep. like I want to say it was a pump kick, but I'm not sure. He just kicks Pack so fast and just relentlessly stomps Penta in the corner just goes after him and Black sits all smiles as King goes up the ramp just killing security guys yeah that was, <laughs> that was interesting really funny. It was. he's just murdering all these security guys and then Matthews does like an arm trap stomp to Penta onto a chair um Candice LeRae's wicked stepsister is all I know how to call it right like, it's it's that move and then the lights go out for them to leave yeah I had a few issues the same as you my first thing was if you debut Pentagon Dark, he should be clearly different other than just appearance from regular Penta, and I didn't see that here. I think the entrance was the only thing that was like good and different. To me, I don't even think Penta should be in a tag team. He should be like a violent loner, at least the version of Penta Dark I want. I don't think that deb- debuting Pentagon Dark should be getting killed the way he did after the match here either, right? So... I just feel like the timing is off on when they decided to switch to Pentagon Dark. Like, I don't feel like this is the time to then put him in a tag team match. Yes, they got the win, but it wasn't like a decisive, you know what I mean? It was kind of a a roll up basically, right? And then he gets beat down after the match. So I didn't find the finish very satisfying. Um, There was part, I don't know if you noticed, but there was a blind tag. The ref saw it, but never really acknowledged it. So that he was kind of helping mislead um black and king a little bit because he was acting like the non-legal man was the legal man when he saw the tag so i was confused by that a bit um a roll-up win isn't what i wanted i thought the debut of buddy not black taking like because the only right. loss he's taken was to cody of course right the debut of buddy matthews is cool for sure oh, that's awesome. um and the match did have some good action especially that chop um into a poison oh my God, i love that but it just kind of felt off to me overall and it might be Again, my, i think it might be my own fault because i was hoping that 
like this was a vehicle to display the newfound like violence and character of Penta, but it wasn't right. It was a new outfit, but same character. It kind of like he ended up being an afterthought here because of the arrival of Buddy Matthews and because of the not end even because of that because he just didn't. He was the same in the match. Right. It's like he had actually been different, and then Buddy Matthews came. Different story, but I think he was just same Penta in the match, and then just right. gets over. He's just by in Matthews. a different wrapper. You didn't change the contents, right? Which exactly. I want. I want Penta Dark from. Um, Lucha Underground back with that might be my own fault. Maybe. I do like that they use a different yeah. name so, though. I I do kind of like. The so name. it had some issues, but there was also some cool stuff in it. I guess. Yeah, I think it was a solid match. I think that one spot was really cool. Um, not the best, but it was good enough. Definitely better than the first one. I think Penta Oscuro entrance was pretty awesome. But the presentation in the match just seemed to be regular Penta with a different name and an all black aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Um, the finish was not great. It feels kind of random for a loss for Black, but the aftermath was good. The debut of Buddy Murphy, Maddie Matthews, but I'm going with Murphy here, um, is awesome. So soon after Jay White, that was the other recent debut I was trying That's to think correct. of. Yep. Um, after White and Lee, but I don't care. It's great. I'm very happier now because yeah. got Jay White and Buddy Murphy in, which are two of my favorite guys. And then Keith Lee's also really good. Um, and I thought King killing the security was really funny. It was funny, just, just bludgeoning them. <laughs> I just didn't use it. He just goes out of the ring and just starts going up the ramp, killing a bunch of security guys. It was really funny. And apparently Jay White was only brought in because Khan realized yeah. he missed. Remember how I was on here going, well, then yeah, that's yeah. bringing Keith Lee in is not the forbidden door. That's exactly. signing a free agent. And he was like, oh, cr-. he listened to the show, our show. Yep. Right. And was like, oh, crap, they're right. Uh, I better bring in somebody else. So And so he picked the best one. That's what he's saying is he realized he misspoke and then didn't want to not deliver, which well, I appreciate he should, he if that's mis- true. He should misspeak more often. Right. Oh, 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 he actually wanted to deliver. See, well, there in lies the main difference between yes. our two companies. That is correct. Well, one of the many, many differences, yes. Yes. Um, next we have Rosa Baker package. I didn't catch much of what they're saying. It was quick, man, yeah. but I liked it. But I did catch that they, um, they're going to have a contract signing yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I thought Thunder Rosa sounded better than usual. I liked Brit using kind of the same logic as Cole, right? Cause she's talking about the lights out match doesn't count either. <laughs> right. So I like that they're both sort of clinging to that. Um, I can't help that but feel like the build to this because to me this and i've been saying it for months right this is really weird this is the money women's match in my opinion in this company I believe so yeah. and i feel like the build should have been hotter i'm still really looking forward to the match but like I to am. me this is the one that should be getting weeks of attention on your I feel show like they should have saved this for double or nothing almost right so i i'm a bit underwhelmed by the build i am but the match should i be am good. looking forward to it I don't think I could not be, but I'm not like excited for it. The way it's being built right now doesn't, doesn't lead me. me to believe that Brit's losing, right? Whereas exactly. if they if they really put like, then Thunder more Rose into is it. the first legitimate contender where I'm like she might be taking the belt off of Brit. But with the way it's been sort, no, I don't want to say afterthought because that's too strong a word, but like not focused on as much as it should be. So it just leads me to believe it's that like a rampage segment leads me of... to believe this isn't a title change. But I could be wrong. But and the match will be good. But and if it was a title change, I'd almost be like, I don't know if it's disappointed, but right. like I feel like it deserves more than this for such a change. Then I'll for sure be looking back when it definitely should have been built more, right? Like, yeah. Um, I think it just should have gotten more time and attention and also, than it did. I feel like it warrants some stipulation. What's that going to be? I don't know. Maybe right. do we do the first? AEW women's cage match they could because of because brit has so many people that exactly. could get involved so are we gonna do that or like are we gonna do 
something else. Insert match stipulation here. I don't know. I, I don't know, but I feel like they needed a better build, more time, like more notice. I agree. And then also a stipulation would be nice considering the first match was a normal match. They had the lights out match, which does not count, but and still was happened. amazing bloody mess. Exactly. So I feel like they need like I don't know. If, I don't think they can replicate that, but they need something along the lines right. of that because I feel like just a normal match. I feel like could be good, but I feel like it would be better as something else. Yep, these two deserve better booking than this, in my exactly. opinion. Exactly. Um. Yeah, I thought it was a solid package. It was pretty quick. Um. They didn't say much. Seemed to just be here to set up a contract signing. So. That's nice. They did that. Um, and I like Baker going back to Rosa, technically never winning right. against her. So, suck it, Thunder Rosa. <laughs> uh, next, we have Eddie Kingston and Chris Jericho's face-to-face confrontation, which is that is some wrestling lingo. Why is Eddie Kingston simply walking to the ring more entertaining than, like, a lot of stuff? in re- Just the way he sort of stomps to the ring with purpose. He's another guy, like, everything he does is awesome. But anyways... Yeah, and like, or in, in Jericho's got like this big shebang, and everyone's singing, and so Jericho has just flipped to a heel all of a sudden, right? Pretty much, apparently. Yeah, because like Inner Circle was had swip, flipped to a face faction, and now they're having issues, and he's sort of taken the. I I'm think, fine with I it. I think it's safe to say Proud and Powerful are done with that. Yeah, it's which just is a good. It's just a quick flip flop for Jericho. It seems it, right. It, it is. It, it is. It, it's odd. Yeah, for sure. Um. So Eddie said he didn't like the security guys being there. Just send out Brody King again. <laughs> right. They're surprised there's any left, actually. <laughs> that's true. That That's a good point. Um, Jericho said that he wanted security there so they can talk with Jericho, calling him Street Thug. And Eddie told him he didn't know what Street Thug means. Um, Eddie said he's not a sports entertainer. You'd rather just fight him. Eddie reminded us this is a wrestling company not a sports entertainment company, and told him to go down the block, which I thought was funny because right. um, they did mention that, like, I think it's uh, they're close. Jericho did mention they're close to Stanford, which is yes. What what's it called? Like Titan. The Titan Towers. Yeah, I I didn't know if it was Titan Towers or if I was screwing it up or something. No, else. I think it's Titan Towers. It's like their head office or whatever. Right. Corporate um, WWE. <laughs> yes. Um, where am I? Um, there's a lot Earth. Here. Hold on. Canada, Ontario. Oh, Ontario. I don't want to get more specific than that. Close to Toronto. <laughs> uh. Hold on. Jericho said, there we go. Uh, Jericho said that this uh, sports entertainment will actually be entertaining because Jericho's going to tell him a story. Is that like implying that other sports entertainment is not entertaining? Because yes, that's, that's what he's saying. A true statement. Yep, that's what he's saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jericho said when he first heard about Eddie coming to AEW, locker room was excited and Jericho wondered who the hell is Eddie Kingston. Jericho said he, taught, he thought they were talking about Eddie Edwards. And then he saw Eddie, so he realized, so then he realized when he didn't hear about Kingston before, because he thought Eddie looked like a jobber, because he was in business a bit. Mm-hmm. Always love it. Um, Jericho oh, he goes saw... further than that in a second. Oh, he does. Uh, Jericho saw... he said he saw Eddie's match against What's-His-Name and heard his promo. So then Chris realized that this guy's special. Jericho told Eddie that he'd be a huge baby face, and he was right. That's what I Eddie don't like. Eddie says, what's a baby face? Right. Jericho said it was a feel-good story, and Eddie overcame his physical mental issues. He's called him fat. A little um, bit. After all those years, he signed a contract with AEW, made to the big time at age of 38 years old, which I thought was kind of amusing. So it's like, you're already this old, and you finally made it to the big time. And that's what he was saying, and I was already famous at 21 or whatever, right? right. Uh, Jericho said he didn't give a crap about his sob story. He didn't give a crap about Eddie. 
he, Jericho said he realized that uh, Eddie was jealous of Jericho with Jericho saying that Eddie made it to the big time at 38 years old. Why Jericho made it to the big time at 22 years old? Yes, there you go. God, you know nothing. Right? So wrong. That's why Jer- I don't do the trivia segment Exactly. Uh, Jericho said by the time he was 38, he already made events to pay-per-views, tour, tour the world, headlining arenas, a multiple-time world champion, and made millions of dollars. I do want to try trivia in you sometime. Is Oof. that a word? Trivia? No, it is not. Trivia is not a verb, unfortunately. Oh, damn. Uh, Jericho told Eddie he was jealous of Jericho, Chris said that the reason he is jealous is because Eddie knows he can never be at Jericho's level. Whew, okay. Uh, Eddie said he doesn't care. Eddie said that the reason Jericho main evented in all of these places because Eddie wasn't there. Eddie said that he's not like Jericho or the rest of the carnies that lie. He said he'll do things his way and he'll be himself until he dies. I think that rings true for yep. a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, Eddie admitted that he didn't want uh, to talk to him the way Jericho tries to talk to guys in the back. Eddie suggested that they have a match at the pay-per-view. Uh, no, thank you. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm okay with it. I trust Eddie Kingston. I, I am, but I don't... And Jericho's in shape now, right? So it's just, Yeah, it's just Jericho. Like, I'm just yeah. like... Jericho fatigue. Yeah. Um, Jericho told... Uh, wait. Jericho told Eddie that he knows his family history while well, knowing that Eddie's first hero is his uncle. And he was a failure. Jericho knew that Eddie believed in his father and he was a failure. So deep down inside, Eddie thinks he's a failure as well. Jericho told Eddie his problem is he can't win the big one and in this company Jericho is the big one. Not Punk, not Danielson, not Moxley, not Hangman. Um, well, he's delusional okay. heel again, right? So I, I guess would, I'll I get further hope, evidence. I would hope that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, because I it, think so. It's uh, reeking a little too much of the possible truth. Yep. Um, Jericho said if you want to challenge Jericho Revolution, then you've got it. Jericho said told Eddie that he if he can beat him, then Jericho will shake his hand, and tell Eddie that he has his respect. Wow, high stakes here. Jericho said that he, then he'll help Eddie get over his fear of success. Je- Eddie said it's great that they have the match, but Eddie said don't give him a most of match version of Jericho that or that mm-hmm. the one the Jericho that got pushed off the cage by MJF. Eddie wanted the Jericho that was the first world champion in AEW that bled buckets of Tennessee and that got respect from Tenryu in Japan. Eddie wanted the Chris Jericho that turned WCW upside down. He wanted the Jericho that your cro- close friend Levesque hated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you mean Terra Rising? That's right, Terra Rising. <laughs> um, Eddie said that Chris had to get had to give him that because if he doesn't, then he will eat him alive. The, um, Jericho said he'll give him that Jericho, and Chris said that Eddie doesn't believe that he can win the big one. Well, Jericho told him that he is nothing more than a loser, and he will always be. Jericho told Eddie he can't win the big one ever, and then he leaves. Yeah. Um. I like this. I mean, Eddie Kingston's awesome. His delivery is always great. I don't, I don't love that he didn't attack Chris Jericho a few times. I really think calling him a street thug, I feel like that was almost Kingston didn't know that was coming, and that to him is a bigger insult than what Jericho thinks it is. And I feel like Kingston was like, I should be attacking him after this, but couldn't. Um, and I don't think it should matter that there's security there, especially when Jericho was going after his family and stuff. Um, it felt weird to me that Eddie just like didn't attack. But anyways, um, I kind of liked what was going on here. Jericho saying like, you're jealous because I was so successful young and you're just 38 now and starting to be successful. And Eddie basically his rebuttal is, yeah, because I wasn't willing to do the political butt kissing and all of that crap that you're doing. Like kind of like you're a bit of a sellout and that's why you're successful and I'm real and I'm true to myself and that's why it's been a bit harder for me. Right. right. So, and I do like the adding in the whole, you can't win the big one. I think that's like instant little story that I can get behind. So 
I think this was too long. It seems to be one of my criticisms of a lot of AEW sort of promo segments like this, but I was entertained, I have to say. So I, I think overall it was good, but I had a few minor issues with it. I think Eddie should have been attacking Jericho at some point. Eddie Kingston, I know, doesn't care that there's four or five security guards there, right? As soon as you attack his family and his uncle and his father and stuff and call him a loser, to me, you're getting jumped. It can seem like he's trying to keep his cool, but why? Right. Um, So anyways, I thought it was a a good promo and it builds towards a match that I think will be okay. I mean, Jericho's back in shape, so that bodes well for the match. And Eddie's awesome, so... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think this is pretty good. A little long, like you said, but I, I did like it. I don't love the match that's going to be on pay-per-view because it just doesn't feel necessary. But it's okay. We've had worse. Mm-hmm. Staying at Double or Nothing or Paul White are all out. Um, I think Kingston was awesome. Again, he's very real. He made some good points. I liked his ending bit where he just he was like wanting Jericho's best. I was like, <laughs> I forgot about the Mimosa match. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like, I, I totally forgot about that whole thing. It's because it's been so long since they made Cassie kind of a star. And then when he just took his little fall, fall, quote unquote, off the top of the cage too, into like a crash mat. So I agree that pointing those things out was kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Which were, well, the second one was a highlight of Babyface Jericho. So maybe it just represents like Babyface Jericho as a right. whole. Yeah, I guess. Um, Jericho was better than usual here too. I think he was pretty heelish, which I do enjoy For much sure better. What, yeah, I, I agree. did like it better, but I missed like Le Champion Jericho. Mm-hmm. I, I remember enjoying that. Um, I remember uh, there was that one segment with Jericho and MGF, and like it was some sort of like paradoxical kind of thing. Um, I don't remember what it was, but oh, it was like Jericho wanted him, or like he was asking him if he wanted MGF to be in the inner circle, and MGF was like, "Do you want me to be in right. the inner circle?" And they kept. T- I remember that yeah. was really funny. That's what it was. Um, I'm not too high on the match from an in-ring perspective, but they could get me into it with yeah. Kingston and all. But I mean, they only have one week. And if they make it personal enough, then Kingston will really bring it, right? So I, I'm confident it'll be watchable at least. Mm-hmm. Um, next, we have an AHFO promo. Um, Hardy talks about how Andrade is going to face Guevara on Rampage and bring home the TNT title to AHFO. I'm pretty sure Andrade lost to the springboard cutter. but This is where me okay. as the old man starts to get annoyed by the sound mixing that's going on yeah. for the next little bit um, here. Hardy talks about Cassie scoring the win in some Ultimate Tag Match on Dark. Elevation and Andrade says he doesn't need anyone to win the title. And Hardy, for some reason, suggests him and Cassie on Andrade versus Guevara sting on Darby Allen and Tornado Trios match at the pay per view. And Andrade likes the idea. I don't know why they suggested that, but it's okay. Yeah, I honestly struggled to hear some of this. The background music I felt was foreground music, which was not the point, and that continues a little bit later as well. So, kind of made me mad. But a Tornado Trios match should be fun. I know you don't like two of the people involved but i think the point is they can sort of be hidden in a tornado well, in a trios match for sure tornado they got to be a bit involved but um i think that ma- that match will be fun i just still don't want andrade tangled up with these guys but anyways i guess that's what it is so i i guess this was fine for what it was i don't know yeah it it was it was really weird like i i thought it was like it was so weird and really random and the music like you said was made it harder to pay attention to i missed most of what andrade said i'm not gonna lie. i like the sound of andrade versus ground rampage but i don't think the trios match sounds very interesting doesn't sound like a very necessary addition to the pay-per-view card it sounds like they're kind of scrounging for stuff um like kinks and jericho kinda i can't say i exactly have the desire to see matt hardy and sting in the same match in 2022 on a pay-per-view but there's a lot of buffer there um yeah true if we took a hardy to make andrade a private party 
I think that would be much better. Yep. I think that because Pirate Party are solid. I'm not sure you can replace Sting with, but I'd take anybody. I think that would be an upgrade. Anyone that makes a little bit of sense. Right. Um, I honestly think Kavara Andrade would fit better on a pay-per-view, and then you get another title match. Like yeah. I'd, again, the TNT title is rarely on pay-per-views, so yeah, it's another, more mid-car- of a TV another mid-card title. Boom, title match on a pay-per-view. You and your mid-card titles. Let's just give everyone a belt. Everyone gets a belt, and we'll just collect belts and trade belts. Yeah. <laughs> no. Sure. No good. That'd be fun. It'd be like trading cards. <laughs> See how many belts you can accumulate. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, you trade, you trade like a cruiserweight title for the tnt title boom you have two belts they're the same belt but they're two belts right um next we get 10 versus ricky starks face of revolution line match qualifier with close to half of it on a commercial break another one of <laughs> my the way i described now. it a short match unless you enjoy watching picture in picture right which we don't so i do not no i hate it um i in total counted or noted three things no what are they one's gonna one be is, a nice spear one is the finish yep um, there was a vertical suplex by ten. That's where we're that at. Can we're confirm a vertical suplex. Yep. Uh, and, and a discus Larry by ten after the commercial break. And Starks had avoided the full Nelson. Ten looks for the full Nelson again, but then Starks kind of tears his mask to blind him and then hit a spear for the win. Yep, I like the heel tactics, um, like turning the mask around or whatever it was. And the spear looked good. His spear is usually quite nice. Um, and I think it's obviously it makes sense. It's about time they put a smaller, quicker guy into the ladder match right because so far it's what three powerhouses it's hobbs who and who hobbs lee and wardlow wardlow right so it's about time they get a smaller faster guy in there i i don't know i think 10 looks okay sometimes i still don't think i think a lot of people like him more than i do i think he's a decent big man but um i don't know and again this was probably what like a six minute match with three of it being on a commercial break so i didn't really see a lot of it to be honest it was fine i guess yeah, like it's it's really annoying. Like this, it felt like a worse version of last week. Like I, it was just not. It was like the, there wasn't anything. Like I, how much to say here? There were a few solid moves which I tried to make note of, but again, the per- commercial break was incredibly poorly timed. Um, I missed the majority of this match, and I can only judge on what I actually saw. Yep. Um, what I saw was fine, but it was very little. The finish is fine, but would have been more suitable after a solid match, I think. Because we always record and watch because I don't like commercials. So we fast forward the commercials and that's just how it's going to be. So sorry if anything super mega amazing ever happens on a commercial. I mean, most of the time I think they'll tell us when we come back to TV, but uh, we won't notice it because we don't generally watch the commercials unless it's like a super captivating match. I've watched through the commercials a few times. And sometimes when they say we get picture in picture, we don't as well. So there's always that possibility too. Right, yeah. Sometimes, actually, a lot of the times used to be the running joke is that we didn't don't get, get picture in picture. I I almost thought we didn't, but then I was like, oh no, we, we did. did. We actually I did just here. Don't care. Yep. Um, next we're getting on this beer a buck segment. Um, the Bucks say that was a double cross, and Kyle Riley says they still have a shot next week. And plus, they the Bucks should know that if it comes down to them, you fight it out. And I mean, I guess that was an opportune time. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt says next week they do have another shot, and they're more motivated to go to the pay per view and kick Ray Dragon's ass. As the Bucks leave and Reed Dragon keep like talking to them, well, not cool, like just shouts at them and tells them to get along with the Bucks and they are all a team. And Cole has enough on it as enough as it is on his play with the world champion, which he does. Mm-hmm. I, I this things continue to slowly escalate, right? And con- Cole continues to try and sort of mediate it all. So I like this simple story because you've got two tag teams who are super 
they have ego involved they're all competitive so they're gonna have issues with each other and cole just trying to be the glue that keeps them all together so i still enjoy this it's a really simple story to tell which are sometimes the best right simple realistic like all these are all proud successful people so they kind of take issue with another team in the same kind of position so it makes sense to me and i like it and cole's always really good anytime he has the mic right he can make it feel real so i like this Mm-hmm. And I like I'll, I like pretty much anything he's involved with. Right. Um, that was a solid little segment. Nothing major. It does make it seem like the Casino Royale will be made up. Some teams, at least. Yes, you're right. Of, That's the point where we realize. Sounds like the Bucks are in that one as well. Some of the 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 runners up from this one, at least. Like, right. With the Bucks being the runner up. Yeah, that team. makes sense. Um, so that's good. And I do think they really need to do. I think the Bucks need to win here. I think they're a good, like kind of buffer team between the champions and then the and fresh challengers I, and i i feel like that'll be a great match like, and you um, can continue moving that story along with red dragon exactly and the bucks yep. exactly and i'm i would really love that tri- that three-way when they do that i think that'll be really exciting mm-hmm. um next we get oh match of the year contender uh jade cargill versus the bunny for the tbs title what what match was it? it was some match next week and jair's like could be match of the year and then you're just like oh yeah like, i forget who it you was could say that Clear, definitely yeah you, you could say that about any match till it happens right, <laughs> right. could be could like, be match of the year we could be getting like sting matt hardy and i could be like <laughs> could be match, match of the year matches your candidate right right here. technically every match is. so again we get one women's match and bunny gets a part of it right like oh my god i don't understand I but that. anyways yeah talk about it that's it's it it's getting to be like a bit much um what bunny or just yeah. the one women's bunny. match or both yeah both in yeah. a way yeah yeah like, i don't i feel like there is a lot more interesting things going on outside the women's division of course right. but like even if you like it's squeezing in a serena deep thing right like yep i don't know something i agree or like why couldn't the baker rosa segment have gotten time here right like gotten a bit more time or something something yes. like that like I, I'm, I don't know just like something else to give them something to do cause a lot I, of talented women who don't get much time exactly like i understand week. like for me yes i think there's far more interesting things that's at the women's division but i also understand they do kind they don't have to but they should be like making it kind of equal and if they focused on it more maybe there maybe would be more interesting would, exactly right? like, so maybe it is just not interesting because there's not like where's layla hirschman why don't you bring that back right. up a bit just as something and then they for them to seemed do. like they were heating up statlander and then she's been gone for weeks like exactly like i don't know. like i feel like that's more interesting than even TBS if they go we're gonna match. put a women's segment in in hour one and hour two right and just yeah. double yeah, it up works. i think yeah, you're fine for sure yep um i do think they need to do more than what they're doing i agree uh even if it's just like a little more just something yep maybe change it some weeks you might not have a lot some weeks maybe you do like i don't know i feel like you kind of have to juggle time or honestly like dedicate one of the youtube shows to the women's division right. I, I don't know that's not like the biggest spotlight but at least it's something dedicated like i feel like do you really need dark and dark elevation i yeah. don't think so well and i feel like a couple of their major promo segments every week you could cut a couple minutes from each of those sometimes right take a f- snip here and there and create in jericho create like six minutes where you could fit a decent match in or something or i don't know you but you could anyways. easily fit a segment in that time too like whatever yeah. you want to do like i think you could do something else i feel like they just need something else because i feel like 
uh, the women's division does warrant more. Yes, I feel it's like a at bit least... afterthoughty, which is not what it should be. Exactly. I feel like they were making strides because the were. women's division was definitely a weak point of their, sure. of their show early on. I feel like especially last year it was doing a little better with uh, and they did Baker an amazing Shida. job building Brit. Exactly. Yep. But even then, I feel like she's starting to fizzle out yes, a, little a little bit. bit. Like, I still love her, but I'm, I, find not, I find myself not as interested in it. And maybe that is because of a lack of prominence yes and when in the women's division like you said it's kind of getting to the point of an afterthought yes so it's kind of affecting even the best points of the right. division right? i agree so i think they need more than this but we're getting carried away that's okay um it's good conversation for sure um so they're notable there's like this hammerlock wrestle by cargill pretty early on i made know that because early on we got a kind of a wrestled yep we did so that's nice <laughs> i'm not sure who it's for but i don't think either of them need it or should need it. At Not least. at that point, no. Uh, basement formed to the back of the head by Bunny when Cargo's seat on the apron, then brushing the leg sweep into the barricade. Um, there's this weird thing where Hardy's distracting the ref. He tosses brass knucks to Bunny, and Cargo gets tossed the title from mm-hmm. Sterling. And then, so she blocks the brass knuck shot with the title. Then Hardy gets ejected, and so then Cargo's smiling at that, and then somehow ends up getting rolled up by Bunny for two. Which the crowd kind of bit on. Honestly, I made a note of that. Like they, the crowd bit that near fall there. Mm-hmm. I thought it was weird because like it's kind of a, a it was a weird sequence, and b it's kind of disrespectful way to use the title. Like you're just letting the title get punched with brass knucks. Right, and then she dropped it because she, even though she's a heel, it's like she wasn't going to use the title to hit her with it, which I thought was interesting yeah, it too. Yeah, seems kind of dumb. Um, Cargo counters the down the rabbit hole, which is, is a, ma- a which is a move that I've seen Finn Balor do a million times, so I don't buy it as a finisher at all. <laughs> I do like I do find the name kind of funny though. Uh, Bunny delivers it better, okay? That's why it's more devastating. I think we can all agree that Bunny is a better wrestler than Finn Balor, correct? Yeah, sure, yeah. especially because um Bunny has been doing this long, a long time. time. She has. We right. looked it up. <laughs> so <laughs> yep. I think she's way better than Finn Balor. Has Finn Balor been wrestling longer? Maybe, but is he a Bunny? I don't think so. I don't so. think so. Um, and so Cargo counters that into Jaded for the win. Also, Cargo's green hair. So, yes, apparently yeah. I couldn't tell, but. Oh, right. <laughs> uh, my color blindness or color deficiency, brown and green, are one of my issues. So mm-hmm. if you had told me her hair was brown, I would have believed you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I should have done that. <laughs> you could have. I was going to ask your brother because he's got the same deficiency as I. So I want... you should have just unsolicited asked him. You, if just like for a day, I want to know. I want to see. I'm curious you, what that's like. You want like my for eyes like a for day? a day or two? Like, a lot of people I just have wanna, told me that. I just want to know. Like It's just so weird. I don't see it being possible. Like You just see like... A color and you're just like is that this or that like, i just don't well i was talking to paul one of my high school friends when i went to see him right about it and he even admits that forever before he really understood it his thing was how could you be colorblind because why wouldn't you just train yourself that every time you see that you're gonna call it blue even if what the rest of the world sees is yellow i should just learn that when i see that call it blue right but now he understands it's confusion like i don't I'm never actually sure when it comes to certain colors and shades what I'm seeing. So I can't I, just, so, I can't memorize it so because I don't recognize it. It's like it. a case-to-case kind of thing. Right. So it's blue, purples, browns, greens for me. Um, and then just a whole bunch of colors I don't know, right? Like I just don't know what <laughs> I don't know what like turquoise, turquoise, turquoise or maroon or burgundy, all these. Okay. Like I don't know what these things are. Yeah. <laughs> they just serve words to me. Yeah, but anyway, sorry. I, it's so weird. Um, Cargill says she, I wrote she, us. I mean, she is 20 and 0, soon to be 30 and then 50. Kind of jumping. Who's next? She said it. She she said the thing. They're doing 
Goldberg, and I'm like, Arr, Do you, you think know. she was supposed to? Because then she quickly changed, correct, not corrected herself, but she added who's left. So I was wondering if she's supposed maybe to say who's next. Maybe it's a reference next. to Goldberg, and then maybe it's like her own spin or on it was it like, after. oh, crap, I'm not supposed to use that. I, don't know. I, I don't think know. it's funny, though. I think, Me that, too. I think that's good. She is getting the Goldberg treatment. So Yeah, and then Ty Conti comes out. Um, Conti says, although I don't think Goldberg wrestled on WCW Dark. No. <laughs> and, and although he was there. about as green as she is when he started. That's true. No joke. Um, Conti says she isn't just next. She's the one who's going to beat Cargill's ass. So she runs to the ring and they kind of brawl. Bunny gets involved for some reason. She takes a tie KO and then Conti takes a pump kick. Right. Um, the match was whatever. It was decent. It was short. It was the expected result. Uh, the crowd, it wasn't I think, as bad as I expected. The crowd was into it. I think that helped. Like they were pretty into this. I didn't mind the match. Um, and I liked the involvement of Conti. I think she's the perfect contender for this title, right? I she's really good. I don't think she's quite main. I don't think exactly that's she's something. main title material. So this is where she fits perfectly. And I liked Bunny coming back because then they can have the ta- the tie KO, right? But it protects Cargill because Cargill's not taking that at this point, right? So um, Conti gets to showcase her finisher, but Cargill doesn't have to take it and can keep looking strong. I like the tie strong. KO way better than the, the DD tie. Yes. So I, I, the aftermath was fine, and I'm glad that uh, Ty's back on TV at least, right? I mean, and this is how she gets on in a two-minute run-in sort of thing. This is the perfect uh, spot for her on the I card agree. at this moment. I think so, and definitely, too. Um, I think this was fine. That's all you can really say. It wasn't great or even good wasn't horrible or offensive either which is kind of there nothing not being super interesting or anything um doesn't help that they're both heels but the crowd was oddly into it at parts they were um and nobody in their right mind would buy bunny as a champion even if she was challenging sky blue for the title sky blue (laughs) um i guess there's a strongish defense for cargo but even then it's just okay like the conti's challenging next because she feels like a perfect fit in this position right now the issue is i think she should be champion but i don't know if this is the right time but again when's the last time we saw conti oh she's not there's no end in sight for this undefeated for that Jade. Sucks, I, would I feel like Car- our Conti is perfect for that title. So. She is, but again, she's been barely visible for a while now. So if you're going to... Through no fault of her own. If No, I'm not saying that. But if you want to heat her up as a title contender, we need to see her. You know what I mean? Oh, which is, I think, what they did with uh, Baker a little while yeah, ago, right? right. Before then, now. So they know how to do it, and it's possible. They, they just have to decide to exactly. take the time to. Mm-hmm. So we got Keith Lee interview and Lee's talking about the other entrance. Starks interrupts and says Team Taz have been running things around I here. I wrote that and down they don't verbatim. Care what he's done because he's starting over. <laughs> You've been running things. Team Taz has been running things around here. Okay, bud. If your name is Hook, maybe. But yeah. even then, he's on Rampage, right. my guy. That's right. And Rampage even, exclusive. I wouldn't even say he's like running things either. I, I mean, know. Punk kind of was at first. Remember, he only was wrestling on Rampage. Like, yes. Uh, Hobbs, someone else. Yeah. Another guy. That other guy. The uh, then there was I think it was Bobby Fish was on Dynamite. Bobbert Fish. Bobberto Fish. Um, he says Lee better be smart and mind his own business because they be running things and they don't run things That's with right. Keith Lee. He's got to get permission <laughs> to do anything from Team Taz because they run the show. I'm surprised he didn't like sign off to be in the ladder match. Like they didn't make him sign a contract and then turn on them the next week. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Um, and Lee and Hobbs stare off briefly, which I think. It'd be interesting. Yeah, they didn't like have Lee do something like challenge for the FTW title because the the world title of the promo. If if they're running things, the FTW title is the most prestigious I, title in all easily. wrestling. Right? Yeah, it's it been defended be. what once? Like it's been defended a few times. Really? At oh, least okay. with Cage, like on Dark and whatnot. And then I think he defended against Hobbs one time a while ago on um 
Starks against Seidel and Lethal, at right. least recently. Um, so it's been defended a few times. Oh, uh, Starks and Cage, because obviously there was a title change. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought Starks was good on the mic here. Um, he usually is. Really simple interaction. I mean, he'd have to be if he's running things, right? They're just trying to build a bit of, yeah, a bit of heat between these two. I think it was successful, right? It's just so they kind of interact before they're in that ladder match. So I thought this was fine. Keith Lee didn't really say anything, but even... What he did say, his delivery again sounds different, and I like it better than what I he was doing. The ladder match feels not very interesting because so it's, far it's not. Keith Lee is good, cool. I think Wardlow makes sense because they've been working on that, right? right. I, I do kind of like Starks in there actually. Yeah. Um, Hobbs is the only one I'm not super interested in. Like, I mean, I like Starks, and I don't think that's particularly interesting either. A lot of or- duplicate powerhouse dudes for and, a ladder match so and far. Orange Cassidy, like. Yeah, I don't care. Okay. I'm kind of not that into Orange Cassidy right now. I know yeah. that's, people will be upset with that. I don't think he's bad. Probably. I don't think he's good either. I think he's just there. Yep. And the gimmick is kind of wearing thin. The gimmick limits him, say. right? I, I sure. think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, this is all right. I would have liked for Lee to say a little more, but it's fine. I'd like to little interaction with Lee and Hobbs because I think that'll be kind of interesting in the match itself. One thing I'll say is Hobbs does kind of have a purpose here. I think like yeah. Hobbs versus Lee is kind of interesting. I found it funny Starks is saying this in front of the place because that's just like... That's ridiculous. That's like saying... There's even heel logic-wise, that's ridiculous. <laughs> that, that's like saying Bunny and uh, Penelope Ford have been running the women's HFO division. HFO been running the show. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's just funny. Nightmare Collective um, running the I didn't show. Even, oh, my God. Nightmare Collective, man. What happened to that? Oh, no, the factory running the division. That's right. Um, I also didn't notice at first, but they do have team two Team Taz members in there now. Yes. I don't mind that when it's like a big battle royal one. When it's just kind of ladder match with like just a small pool of talent, I prefer to have they're all left to their own devices. I feel like depends how and they tell that story. I guess true, for me. but just the way I'm thinking about, it, I just don't feel like I don't need this alliance dynamic in there just because right. I don't. I don't know. I it could be good, but I feel like it hurts it a bit. I don't know. I just would rather like everyone is kind of on their own. Mm-hmm. That'd be like putting the acclaimed in the match. Yeah. Which they could have. Yeah, again, it depends what they do with it for me. Right. I think Caster is in the first one, right? I believe that is correct. I wonder if they'll do a mystery entrant again. Because remember the mystery one last time was Ethan Page? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So, where have men of the year been? Could be Josh Alexander. Ha. Ha ha. That'd be funny. He has to get his visa sorted out, suit. but. Yeah. Where have men of the year been? I love men of the year. <gasps> they could be in the thingy next week. They could the, be. The, the, the casino thing. They could be. They're going to play some blackjack. They, they could. Okay, <laughs> keep going. I got to go back um, to more basketball, man. Uh, we're, well, that's good because we're at our main event, we which are. does not feel like a main event. Uh, Brian Danielson versus Dan Garcia. Oh, I Garcia? feel like not even that. Oh. I feel like he's main evented before. Like, I just feel like it feels very like minor. I feel like nothing on the show really felt like we would be main event. Interesting. I feel like it, I don't know, it's very. It's kind of lack I'm almost to the point where Danielson versus anyone you can put anywhere. No, for sure. Yeah. And I feel like this is good for Garcia. But yep. for me, when they're wrestling Danielson, it's not almost like, oh, they're good because they have this match with Danielson. It's, oh, Danielson's awesome. He made them look good. Like, There's I feel partly like, that is the case it, for sure. I mean, you'd have to be good to have a good match with Danielson. Yes. Like, I feel like you have to have some level. I don't of, know. I'd watch him wrestle a broomstick at this exactly. point. Exactly. Like, I feel like Danielson's so good, he can bring anyone up to closest level. So that's why, like, if someone's looking good against Danielson, I almost don't trust it at right. first because I need to see them do it with someone either else. carry a match or go with someone who's not Danielson because Danielson can carry anyone whenever True. he damn pleases. Yep. Um, I thought it was a pretty technically sound and competitive match, although little on the short side not to the fault of the commercial break i think this time i think it got decent time it did. i have a commercial break yep 
Um, Brian ties up Garcia's legs and hits stomach punches at one point. Um, he looks repeatedly for the LaBelle lock. He keeps, like, rolling through to keep it going, which I thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. He even, like, wrestles off Garcia of a rope break. And then before Garcia gets a rope break again, the one move that I noted from Garcia uh, is a front chop lock. Yes. And then he was doing a lot of counters and things, He right? was doing stuff. It's just not a lot of that I caught. Right. Um, top rope shock and drop kick by Danielson. Uh, Tiger Superbox by Danielson for two. And then as he kicks it, he transitions into cattle mutilation, which yep. I think is really cool. There's a wrist lock elbow exchange. So, like, they're standing out there holding. They got, like, they got, like, wrist clutch. They're, like, holding each other's hands. And they just, like, kind of, like, with, they're still holding each other's hands. They're just, like, training forearms. Right. Which I thought was really interesting. I like that. It was cool. Um, Looked pretty stiff, too. They were because we're, they're getting the slapping sound. And obviously, no one's thigh slapping because they're holding hands for the whole thing, right? So, they were, <laughs> they were just hitting each other in the neck, basically. Feels fine. <laughs> they're holding hands. <laughs> yep. They were. Um, there's a triangle choke with the elbows, and then he makes Garcia pass out while flexing. So I feel like he's kind of slipping on the different finish every time now, but I feel like that's Because that was the same as last time, right? Or like, Where he I beat know. Moriarty, didn't he? I think. Because I remember him flexing. But I know sure. at least he's done this before. Like right. even, I feel like when he was in the Dark Order, I think it might matches, have been Moriarty, like two in a row. I could be wrong. I think you're right, too, actually. But I can check in a second, but yeah. I, I, I think you're right, too. Um, and then Brian says that's what he wanted to see and asks the fans if Garcia was violent enough. 2.0 attack Danielson. Mox makes the save and clears the house and Mo- they kind of stare off and Danielson says Mox has the match and tells him not to be surprised if Mox is the only one bleeding. Right. Which I, uh, I don't know. After his match with Hangman, I find that very unlikely. Bloody. Um, I, I think part of the reason that you didn't get a lot of highlights for Garcia is because a lot of his time on offense was during a commercial break again. I even made a note of that, right? Like a bunch of his time on offense was a commercial. So again, I'm struggling to keep things objective when it comes to Danielson matches. I just enjoy watching everything he does. Just technical ability also mixed with like this viciousness now, right? And just like you're saying, his ability to elevate whoever he is facing. Um, he is my absolute favorite thing to watch in wrestling right now. And this, I, like I said before, this was not the case with Danielson. I'm not like a, I don't have a history of being a Danielson mark, even though I hate using that word. But just what he's done since he's come is amazing. He's, for me, the clearest example of WWE writing and direction holding somebody back, right? Like this is the Brian Danielson that we should have had for the last however many years, but we're never going to get it in that like, yeah, but you're right. s- in that sterile um, environment in WWE. What about Moriarty? Yeah, yeah, I thought so. Um, he's just so talented. Everything he does is believable in the ring, outside the ring. Promos doesn't matter. He's great. Uh, really good match. No surprise to say that it's my favorite Daniel Garcia match so far. Um, <laughs> That's funny. And honestly, the Mox Danielson match could easily steal any show, right? Even I am very excited for that. It's... I think I'm, I'm, I'm actually like I don't love the addition of the trios match and right. and Jericho, but I'm I'm pretty excited. I'm very interested in Cool Hangman. Yep. I've been asking for that. I think if the Bucks get to the tag title match, that's absolute money. I think that'll be awesome. And I think Mox Danielson is just the match I never knew I really needed. And we're getting that dream match, and we also still get the suspense of whether they're going to work together or not. And I think that's cool that we don't have all those answers yet, right? They've got to bleed together first, is what Mox is saying. And then they'll make that decision later. So mm-hmm. I thought a really good main event, not like an absolute top tier one, obviously, but a very so good either. match. No, yeah. um, I think it was a pretty good match. I don't think it warranted a main event spot, but quite frankly, I think I can't think of anything else that fit much better on the show. Right. Unfortunately, it's the match of the um, night for me. I don't know. 
know. I enjoyed the Battle Royal. Did uh, you? Yeah, that I, would be I, my second probably. Like, I like this, but I wouldn't say like I think I genuinely enjoyed parts of the Battle Royal. Right. You know, that's fair. I so think. I'm, I'm not sure what, where to go. Right. Um, and I, I guess that's not good because I probably shouldn't enjoy Battle Royal the most. <laughs> right. The opener. Uh, considering what Brian's point in this match was, I would have liked some more offense from Garcia, not on a commercial break as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. At least more that I could have made note of. Garcia looked pretty good for what I saw that he got and Danson looked great as always. I think some of the technical exchanges and the strike exchanges is really cool. Like when Danson, they were on the mat and he was just kicking him in the head. Yes. Um, All Danson strikes are so great too every time. I like the aftermath a bit even too because it does set up that match that I think should just be awesome. And then I think we could still get the team up too. It's not out of the question. It just could be like yeah. the Mox is testing him to see yes. like if he still Agreed. really wants it and then yep. maybe they will do that because I feel like there's some money in that team too if they wanted to go that route yeah i remember we while we were watching this i was going why does it look like he's actually just kicking the guy in the face like what is it about daniel brian brian danielson oh my god that allowed like is the other guy going like yeah just kick me in the face or is he somehow just better at it like better at making it look real <laughs> right. i guess just, right because it's he's like, not like he's just stomping right on the guy's face somehow but anyways exactly um overall thoughts on this episode i guess i like the main event nothing felt really big time on this i think you're yeah, right you know what i mean like that really like because even house of me. black death triangle disappointed me a little bit the battle royal was is good but it was still a battle royal and then like 10 and ricky starks and cargill and bunny like again nothing special there right so this did not feel like a really impactful show like a top-notch show i would still say i enjoyed it um the mjf promo obviously was very interesting We'll see whether I like it, how much I like it by the payoff for it. Um, so I don't know. I, I'd have to say this was, I, I was entertained by the show. I didn't dislike the show, but it also wasn't in the top tier of Dynamites for me. So I would say it gets a solid B this week. What about you? Yeah, um, if I were looking in ring action, it's not the strongest effort. I think the open about Royal was good. I definitely enjoyed it. But at the end of the day, it was just about Royal. I don't think I should have enjoyed it the most I agree. on the show, which I think I did. Um, House of Black versus Penta Oscuro and Pack was better than the first, but suffered from that finish. But I can for- forgive a, get a bit because freaking Buddy Murphy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that debut versus, was nice. 10 versus Starks was like, I can't really say much about Standard. that. Stupid commercial breaks. Yep. Um, Cargill versus Bunny was solid, better than it had any right to be, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and like on a better show, it would probably just be meh, but I feel like I see it in a better light because there's not much competition. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the main event was pretty good, but could have been more for a main event. Um, and in terms of segments, I think the Hangman promo after the opener was pretty nice. I like the MJF promo because it's just, I don't know what to think. And yeah. maybe that's good every now and then. And Kingston Jericho was uh, good Kingston too. Jericho was pretty enjoyable, especially Kingston. I, I really enjoy when he's got time to speak. Um, the other Undisputed Era Bucks thing was all right. And then the Keith Lee interview was good. The AHFO thing was kind of confusing. Yeah, I didn't agree. really care for that. So, in general, it was a, just kind of an average show or maybe a little below average, to be honest. Yeah. So, I'm, I'll go with a B as well. Yep. That sounds fair, I think. Uh, yeah. Not exactly a standout. Not their best effort, but still enjoyed quite a bit of stuff on it. And uh, that'll move us into a little bit of a break to take some trivia, where we'll continue what we started last week in a segment we call Off the Top of His Head. All right, so we're back to looking at the history and origins of WWE from my trivia book from my birthday. 
So you did very well last week. So let's see. I haven't even really looked at these questions, to be honest with you. So I don't know if I can't say if it's going to be easy or not. But any, even when I do say it looks really hard, you generally do well. So probably it's easy. In what year? This one's good. Did WWE launch its own 24-7 streaming network? Uh, and I have options if you'd like. I'll take that. 2014, 15, 16, or 17? 2014. Oh, 2014. Correct. Okay, why I why did you suddenly know? I didn't know if you're talking about the network or not, or like it was like a, no, a, the a home video thing or whatever. Like I oh sorry okay. yeah it's so the network. if it's a network then definitely 2014. I mean I'm not sorry it's their question I read it they're sorry if ah. anyone's gonna be sorry it's them. They're sorry. The new generation era took place between what years? Uh, I have options if you'd like them. Okay, I'm gonna I would say like 91 to too early. Too early. Yeah. Really? 92. Still a bit early. Really? I would... So I, there's... Say, here's your options. Like 93, 96? 93 to 97 is what they're I, saying. I was, yeah, so you're in the ballpark, at least. I would not have even known what era they were referring to, frankly. Um, uh, Michaels and Brett. Oh, okay. The reality era of WWE took place between what years, would what? you say? What does that even mean? So here's your options. 2008 to 2014. 2014 to 2016. 2009 to 2012 or 2016 to 2019 this is clearly a book by them or is it because like i don't know what this era is 16 correct yeah i I, I don't know why i remember in why did you guess that i don't know because i remember um at least in 2016 when shane took over raw i remember they kept touting as a new era oh okay there you go i don't know so i don't know if that i don't know nope because here it comes well maybe when did the new era of wwe begin uh, spring 2016. Is, correct. 2016 after, is correct. after Mania. Good. All right. Which of these business moguls acquired the rights to one of WWS biggest rivals, WCW? So wow. who was basically the owner of that? Ted Turner. Correct. I know they're the media mogul. They like to or business mogul. Mogul. In what country did Buddy Rogers' defeat to Bruno Mar- Bruno San Martino take place in 1963? Oh, it was Madison Square Garden. No. No? No. Really? I don't know. You want options? Yeah. Argentina, Brazil, Chile, Denmark. What was the second one? Brazil. Yeah. Yeah, it was Brazil. Did you know or was it just a guess? Or it sounded familiar? Uh, It sounded right. (laughs) Right. In what year did WWWF change its name to just two W's and an F? Ooh. 1980? Very close. Oh. 79. Correct. Very good. Was, your options were 79, 80, 81, 82. I would not have gotten close on that either. Hulk Hogan. Heard of him? No. Is he getting good? I wish I hadn't, but anyways. <laughs> he was poached from a close rival of the then WWF. What was the name of that company? Like, WA? Correct. That's where he came from. Thunderlips. <laughs> right. Or is that in the movie? That is in the movie. Uh, uh, maybe it was in AWA as well. I don't no, know. No, I don't think it was, but I just thought of that. WrestleMania was created to be a direct rival to which of the N- which NWA event? Starcade. Correct. Yeah, because that was their big one. Good for you. I just didn't know because I know Starcade is like at the end of the year, so I don't know if like. Let me ask you, why still... does Starcade have two R's? Ooh, trademarks. I don't, uh, I don't know. I, that's what I was get. That would be my guess too. Awesome so is the question. No, I was just like, it looks stupid because I'm looking at the word right now. Yeah. No. Um, WWF's collaboration with MTV and other musical acts was known as the... Oh, I don't know. Really? Rock and Roll Connection, 
<laughs> rock wrestling connection. Rock n wrestling connection. Music n rock and wrestling. wrestling. Correct. Yeah, because I remember there was some cartoon or whatever, right? Yeah, I think yeah that's was. right. Yeah, I should I should know that because I know what that is, so I should know. How dare you? You don't know anything. Aww. In what year did WWF hit a low point due to allegations of steroid abuse and sexual harassment? 1994. Close. Uh, what? I swear it was 94. Was it 93? Yes. Okay, Unless I Unless the book's wrong. I mean, sometimes you're writer than the book, and you yeah. know how... Or I, I feel like maybe it was more. 93 because I'm pretty sure the steroid trial was 94. There you go. So the issues were probably so, before. Yeah. So it's funny. So this is clearly not a WWE publication because I'm pretty sure that is not a question they would include. No, right? definitely not. In 1996, Stone Cold Steve Austin, heard of him? Mm, no, is he any good? Defeated which of these stars to become the king of the ring? Jake Roberts. Correct. Which don't is weird. I don't even know why he was back then. but it, It's old Jake for sure. Yeah, it was. Oh, this one's hard. You'll never get it. Vader in that. The incident known as the Montreal Screwjob, heard of it? Mm, I think so. <laughs> Fairly only once. not a famous thing at all. Very vaguely. Yes. I've heard like Very minor it happened thing. once. Led to which superstar leaving wwf it was definitely Shawn michaels because as <laughs> i know he's had been on he's been, he's been at odds with wwe for decades right. or uh it was bret hart it was well, i mean hart. technically also Nightheart and bulldog if we're counting them good canadian boy mm-hmm. following was, that's funny i was just watching the ruthless aggression documentaries remember yeah. i was telling you and the Shawn michaels one they're so i remember i told you about them the revisionist history yes. of SummerSlam, but before that they were talking about the heel michael segment in montreal and how he baited uh them with bret hart's entrance music so yeah that's kind of related following a series of scandals which of wwf's rivals did stars hulk hogan and bret hitman hart defect to hmm Mm, new japan pro wrestling no that's not even an option (laughs) uh wcw what are the other options nwa wcw awa or tnt (laughs) technically Last one. It defected TNT. In what year did WWF Entertainment acquire its rival World Championship Wrestling? 2001. 2001 is correct. (laughs) WWF Entertainment. Very well done. WWFE? Yeah, that's right. (laughs) All right, so that's bringing us to the end of trivia, and we're going to go back to looking at some wrestling from the week, and this time it will be NXT UK. All right, so the show this week started with a quick video just hyping the main event for tonight, which is Mustache Mountain defending their titles against um, Smith and Carter. Why do I struggle with They have the most generic names ever. Exactly, and also, like, why are they not, like, why is their full tag name not Hottest Tag Team Under the Sun? Like, it's literally on their Tron. Right. They've said that, like, five times. It is a long name. It's like a, I know it's tag, it's like a tagline, but, like, yeah. I don't know. At least they'd have a tag name then. That's a, that is true. Or and I made a note. H T T, U T S. I noticed, made a it note does. that there are loud NXT chants and lots of cheering people despite an empty arena. There being literally no people. So I don't know. I haven't looked into it. I don't know why there are no fans. Ever but since the empty arena match. It ironically. is frustrating. Yes, they never came back. Yep. So we get our opening match, which is Amal, taken on Zaya Brookside. This just stemmed from I think zaya last week being asked about amal and sort of getting upset about it right and she's going to tell her dad so we get this match Does um, her dad still work there and i don't know i don't remember really quickly holds encounters to start with zaya lee complaining like zaya lee sorry zaya brookside <laughs> zaya um saying like you're not you can't do that to me you're not allowed to do that to me like just the brat persona which still. i feel like that's just like like do better 
Amal catches a cross-body attempt, hits a body slam and a basement dropkick. Brookside gets control for a bit, applies some submissions after a few stomps. Amal powers out eventually, hits a Death Valley driver. We get clotheslines, a running knee and a senton by Amal for a near fall. Forearms and a head kick by Brookside. And then we get the finish, which is the running boot to Brookside, who's seated in the corner, right? I think it looks pretty good from Amal. And then the hope breaker, which is not that impressive a move. But it earns them all the victory. At least it's after the kick, at least. Yes, it earns them all the victory here. I thought it was a solid back and forth match. Nothing special. Almost basically enhancement, I would suggest, which is interesting because at one point I thought Brookside was someone they had plans for. But seems like somebody's high on them all, right? Because she's on the show basically every week again. I know, like, they have I, an I hour think, of TV. I think and she's, she's solid. There. Me but too. Like, I don't, when you have such a short show, I don't think she does, should be on every week and i should say brookside seems to be maybe growing a bit as a heel but i'm not a really big fan of hers but i i mean i thought this was a decent little match like her not... entrance look and theme it it, it uh, reminded me a lot of babyface dakota Kai. it does for sure so not exactly a hot opener but i don't i i mean it wasn't terrible either i don't think mm-hmm. we got a short smith and carter package with results and sound bites from the commentary i didn't really comment on it just letting I you know it, it happened the, like this they did they did one before the opening theme too right like so yes th- they did go insane. back and really do another weird. so this was like highlight package number two because they did a hype video right at the beginning then right. this and then they went yeah, back yeah. to it later it was really weird so then we get the coffees uh so what is that joe and mark and Noam Dar and Shaw Samuels, they're sort of in Sid Scala's office. Dar wants the coffee suspended indefinitely. I thought this was funny. Did you pick up on this? Because, and I'm not trying to be difficult, but these these are some thick accents, man. So I miss some of what specifically Shaw Samuels says sometimes. Um, but I thought it was funny because Dar's like, I want them suspended indefinitely. And Shaw Samuels, did you hear what he said? I did not. He goes, no, definitely. <laughs> right oh right was, no i remember i thought I remember. that was kind of funny um so joe coffee the end result of this gets a heritage cup match against noam dar in two weeks i thought it was interesting because they even pointed out he's never had a heritage cup match right and then so but you're match, the sorry. number one contender uh and then the they sort of an ensuing argument afterward that again i missed some of what they were saying sets up a samuel's mark coffee the match, actions right? were quite thick very here. thick yeah. here um, I thought it was a decent little segment, right? And it created two matches. So, um, and I find Dara and Samuel's pretty entertaining partnership. So I don't know if you had any specific thoughts on it. No, I liked it. Uh, I I wish like this would set up like coffee versus someone. Yeah, Joe uh, Coffee, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, he's um, my preferred coffee. Yeah. Mm, that's how you like your coffee. <laughs> that's Joe. <laughs> um, oh, a cup of Joe. Right. I was just gonna <gasps> say it because Joe is slang for coffee yeah. in some parts. Oh, that's he's funny. coffee coffee. <laughs> this is his name he is um i would have liked a joe coffee and like a heritage rules match before Me that too. i feel like i mean i'm interested in him versus so maybe Dar that's sure. the end product right is he defeats mark and then joe wants to turn because joe is considered the the better of the two no, i think mark is facing shaw oh mark's facing shaw that's right sorry and then the tag team match what what tag team match? or sorry dar and didn't that set up no it's dar versus coffee for the oh the right cup. that's right sorry big... which which should be good actually the big the chunky big old cup. cup which the champion gets to carry around not at all looking like an idiot so then we get just in case you thought you wouldn't get them for a week it's dave mastiff and jack stars in the quest for the vest right nice Ooh. nice um nice so they're being asked about their challenges when pretty deadly sort of barge right past them 
pretty deadly are shown in their change room getting dressed. It's not even like pretty deadly really even did anything. So and this is kind of annoying, right? Why are why is there a random camera in there filming them getting dressed? Right? Are we to believe that this is something that happens? <laughs> so, anyway, because they know something's gonna happen, which is also kind of weird. They're getting dressed, putting their shirts on, and they have a bunch of holes in them in weird places, which shouldn't bother them because they wear partial shirts all the time, <laughs> to be honest. But anyways, <laughs> I guess because this is their normal shirt. Right. Okay. The story is that Jack stars cut holes in their shirts, and now it's they're like mad really at... random too. And it's like yeah, it's titty holes too. Like and that's now, kind of odd. And now they're mad about it, and that's pretty much all it was, right? I find it weird because a, it's childish. B pretty deadly didn't even really do anything sure they were kind of like rude in like just barging by but in the grand scheme of pretty deadly is that really like so bad but then it was already done right they barged in and then went to change and the shirts were already cut i think i think no i think it was they came back later oh, or something okay. i don't know i i definitely i don't know it's still weird yeah it continues to baffle me these segments get time every week offer nothing that i'm interested in to be honest and it i think this was a pretty clear indication of how far pretty deadly have fallen down the card right they were like your reigning heel champions and anyways um they're now featured in a comedy angle with stars and mastiff right but again stars and mastiff are getting time every week so who knows mm -hmm. then we get our match in the middle of the show and that is rohan raja of d familia and i think the other guys were all with him right um mm -hmm. taking on i Dan remember them she being there danny jones who's my favorite jobber i kind of like this guy for some reason there's a one insecure in this match where he Looks just really awesome. connect you did um so we get holds and counters here then a knee to the midsection to give jones control for a little bit to start a boot to raja's face and he ends up rolling out to the floor for some relief jones then gets tripped off the apron driven into the apron before being rolled back in for some stomps we get a basement drop kick to the back of Jones's neck that looked pretty good. Then, yes, the Insiguri you're talking about, followed by a Saito, and then another throw. I didn't get specifically what it was for a near fall. Rip card forearm, a rip cord forearm, and a backstabber by Raja to take the momentum back. And then a jumping flatliner by Raja, and he picks up the win here. Um, D Familia come in and beat down on Jones further after the match. I just thought this was a fine somewhat competitive enhancement match right this is it kind of feels like a longer better version of the women's match that opened you know who's going to win it's not quite a jobber match but it's not exactly um a match that could go either way either i've liked um danny jones in the few matches i've seen him in i thought raja looked aggressive he's got a great physique obviously looks great and, I, and i'm just happy that d familia pick up a win but it seems like these are the things they win right and then they don't win the big match sort they of thing they did be gallus though they did but I thought this was okay. I don't know what you thought about it. I thought it should have been Dempsey. Right. You love Dempsey, eh? Yeah. Well, and I think Danny Jones was actually a good jobber, so... He is a good jobber. I, against, I, I quite like job him. to Dempsey. And he's a tall guy. He's like 6'4", six, 6'5", or, six, or Not something. Not the best physique, but... No, I mean, but he's, he's big. He's a jobber. Yep. So, I mean, I think it was good. Yeah, I think Roger looked decent. I think jones look good i think it was like actually kind of enjoyable yeah it wasn't bad at all mm -hmm. uh, mustache mountain are just shown, shown sitting in the locker room getting ready for their match i guess uh, then we get some back-to-back -back kind of weird vignettes, right? So we get one for symbiosis with T-Bone and Primate sort of snarling and complaining about how things haven't so gone. Eddie Dennis is like whispering in their ears. Whispering, like whispering in their ear, trying to calm them down. That they, a basic thing was um, like a bow and arrow, right? That you, sometimes you have to go backwards before you go forwards. The idea that when you That's go to... That's what you have to do every time. But when you launch an arrow, right? You pull it back to send it forward. You so sometimes, every time. So all he's saying is like, you know, losing isn't the end of the world as long as we can go forward kind of thing. I thought it was kind of cool and a dark, mysterious tone and to it. And then it was kind of connected to this one. I think so. I think it was all the same thing. Was, oh, you are do? Are talking about the truck guy? Yeah. I think it's all the same thing. Interesting. It, it could it, be. It's like all the same style, right? So there's like 
the guy driving in a truck or he's eating a burger and then like he hit something i think it was right i think so too he's like picking up this weird hair he picks up on the fur ground. or fur yeah. yeah and then what i heard i heard some snorting. snorting and then running and, off in the distance and i'm pretty happy because i think it's wild boar right. who is the old partner of primate right who i kind of thought was interesting i exactly i thought they were interesting i think the hunt would be a better tag team for symbiosis than yeah T-bone. because tyson t-bone doesn't really fit right when it exactly. was it was two like guys that are unhinged enough to think An- they're animalistic animals. yeah right. like i th- i like this because i think that means better i think uh what could be wild boar i picked up and then we watched it again it and then seems I was like, like I, it has to I, be i seem because you've got the fur you've got He's the snorting blondish right so i feel like it kind of matches up yeah so that yeah that was the next segment or the same segment i, don't I know, think but it was the same segment. it was pretty interesting because it was like exactly what you said a trucker hitting something and then yeah so uh I grabbed my attention, right, and creates a bit of intrigue. It was um, interesting, yeah. And I think it probably is wild boar, but I'm interested regardless, right? Mm-hmm. So I thought that was I cool. I hope it is him. It was nice to have a couple segments that were good because we've been struggling lately, right? There have been some ridiculous stuff. Hey, don't um, diss the quest for the vest. Okay. So I kind of enjoyed having those there, or that one or two, whatever it was. So Shaw Samuels, again, he's in the hallway backstage checking the latest odds because um, his big thing is he's gambling, right? Um, I think they talked about their upcoming match. Samuel said that he doesn't always need to work with someone else because I think that was Coffee's implication. Or maybe he's saying Coffee. I don't know. Always has to have someone there. And he just walks away, leaving Coffee standing there. And again, the very thick accents, I think they sound amazing. But their accents plus talking really quickly, I've sometimes struggled to catch it. But I don't know. I, I find Shaw Samuels entertaining. Mm-hmm. Uh, D Familia. I like this too. They walk by A-Kid again, and this time A-Kid grabs Dempsey, right? Because they shared a look last time as they passed each other. Um, So Mm -hmm. this time A-Kid grabs him, says he thought Dempsey was better than this, basically questioning why he would have joined D-Familia. But I don't think Dempsey even says anything. D-Familia just sort of walk away. No, I think he he said he didn't say a lot but yeah he said like one thing or something yeah i don't know what it was Dempsey for say kid yay but i am enjoying this subtle yay. little build right like all it's been is a look as they passed each other and then this tiny little grabbing of his arm and saying what are you doing with these guys so i kind of like this i'm looking forward to is a dempsey po- a kid match is right it possible to do a three-way heritage rules i don't know you just chuck and i don't think so well, but anyways they should because you just chuck and I think you, with those i think two. you will enjoy a dempsey a kid match too i would too. love a dempsey a kid so match. it looks like that's where we're going so that's cool and it has to be heritage cup rules or i quit right i think which that, now i like it so it, i do too mad at myself. i think this is where we're going to go in different directions because this is where mako satamura comes out in street clothes with the belt to talk to andy shepherd well, we should do they should do in two weeks because i know there's the title match for the cup right and they should do another right. heritage rules match with dempsey naked you get two heritage matches maybe uh so they start out with mako highlights of her time in nxt uk i thought this is weird because why is she like there's no occasion like, no she didn't even really successfully defend against just to Davenport. get just to get to the build i guess which i thought I, nate was even pointing it out like the camera was really weird i th- I know it was on purpose it but it's still really weird uh so shepherd gives flowers to mako on behalf of everyone at nxt uk mako thanks the nxt universe basically You're doesn't welcome. get to say anything the lights go out Isla Dawn is sitting on the stage at the or at or the top like of the, the ramp. No, it's like the you know how they have the weird trons and yeah. the 
where the crowd should be. It was in there, and I don't I don't understand what that is. So she interrupts, heads to the ring, talks about Mako giving her a sense of purpose now, and that she's got a final trophy because her character's been collecting little trophies from people that she beats. So she's aiming for the ultimate trophy in the NXT UK Women's Championship. Mako compliments Dawn and basically says, because I think Mako's beaten her before, saying that she's a tough fight, um, and that if she wants another shot, all she has to do is ask. Dawn says Why that she's champion so easygoing, like, oh, you just have to baby ask. Fa- baby you don't gotta prove yourself. That's standard baby face I know, champion. I know. It's just like it's always funny, like they're not like no, you don't have to prove yourself or anything. Dawn says that uh, she doesn't ask for things, she takes them, she kicks Mako in the head, takes the flowers, leaves Mako lying, and she's sort of Eat eating them. one of the flowers as uh, she's heading up the ramp. So I enjoy this segment. I enjoy Isla Dawn. I don't think you do. I don't um, like. I don't know. I feel like it's so too I was supernatural fine. with like the hexes or whatever. Yeah, like, but they don't actually work or do anything. I That's why it not. doesn't bother me. She's just kind of creepy. Like, she doesn't look that great in the ring. Like she. I think she's pretty good. Her look anyways. is alright. I don't know. Just the segment was weird because I didn't understand the point of it. Like I understand the points to get a, a title program, but I don't understand like. Like if Isla Dawn doesn't come out, what are you doing? Exactly. Yes. That's what I mean. Yeah. Like what, well, that's, what you're not theoretically wrong. was the point of right. this. Right? That's fair. Like I don't I think it was okay, but yeah. I just don't I th- it was kinda weird. And I guess with Davenport out with that awful injury, right? They need to heat somebody up. So whether this was the plan or not, this is where they're going with exactly. it. So I'm okay with it. Yeah, it um, could be pretty short term too, yeah, right? It could be. Then we get Sam Gradwell looking in the mirror. He's really mad about his hair being cut off. Um Oh him. my god, it was so funny. He's like, Oh my my son's gonna be yeah. like, where's your his hair? His son daddy? asking and that's I'm what's like, upset him is people, including his son, asking him where his hair went. Or like that he can't look himself in the like ha that's You look better, dude. A he looks way better. Right. B like that would be like I don't know, like it's like the that's a small patch of hair. That that'd be like me getting mad if someone accidentally like trimmed my hair a little bit like right. oh, my, oh i can't even look in the mirror anymore right like it's <laughs> so he's <laughs> obsessed weird. with getting revenge on kenny williams for cutting his hair off <laughs> he should shave kenny's beard oh wait nah. so i don't know i gradwell gets a ton of tv time too right now his feud with kenny williams will continue i guess i, I like williams I but i don't really care for gradwell yeah I, i'm not sure what he gets a lot of time more time than i would give him as well that's what i think for show. him in a mall like i think a mall yeah. is better probably but i still think she gets a lot uh, they then recap Nathan Fraser challenging Dragunov for the NXT UK title. And, of course, Dragunov accepts the challenge, says he respects Fraser for asking. Uh, Dragunov then talks about he had to win a battle royal to get his first shot. I and did even, not know that. I totally forgot. And even then, there was a long journey to get to the title after that. We and watched, that, um, sorry, we watched Walter Dragunov, like, the first one after it happened, right? Because didn't you, like, hear about it? Yes. Um and this will be Fraser's first step in his journey, sort of implying that you're not going to win. This will be your first shot. But Is he implying that like after your another journey's year, gonna keep he's going to be... You'll beat me eventually, but not <laughs> right now. Um, You'll beat me on your second try way after. And that match will be next week. So I don't think Fraser's great on the mic. He, it was just a recap of him talking last week. But I really do like... In the Dra- quote-unquote I, interview. Yes. I like Dragunov's response. Uh, I think he's good on the mic and i didn't think that when he first got to uk no, i so... remember thinking he was getting good remember when he came to nxt for a couple yes. of segments yeah he's good so that match should be fun i mean it's there's no clearly way... not like because like talk about a short-term build yeah no way fraser wins but the the match could be quite interesting because their styles even though they're neither of them are really big guys i think their styles are quite different right mm-hmm. like fraser and wants to fly now, around now and... fraser's like the 
the guy he's, Dragunov he's wants taken to on you Walter to death. and Dragunov That's now. right. Uh, we then move to the main event, which is Smith and Carter taking on Mustache Mountain for the NXT Tag Team Championships. So Bate and Carter start out with holds and counters. Wait, if they're the hottest tag team under the sun, do you think Mustache Mountain are the coldest team because they're at the top of a mountain and it maybe. could be snowing Or maybe the they're over the sun and it's not even uh, a comparison. They're coldest, so high up the mountain. Coldest tag team over the sun? Right. <laughs> Mustache Mountain get control first, hit a double shoulder tackle and an assisted senton. Someone's flipping someone else. I assume seven flipped bait because that would be usually be the way like, it goes. I think it's like, I don't know if you remember the move, but like it's like... Uh, they if put it's the, the foot move, in the hands and flip them. Oh, I think is what it was. Oh, okay. Because I was thinking of the one where Bates on the top turnbuckle and no. Seven sitting in front of him, and then he like he kind of like jumps and hit and hits his knees off of Seven. No, it wasn't that one. Okay, I was thinking that one. Carter gets control, works Seven's arm a bit before tagging in Smith. Trent hits a body slam and a leg drop for a two count. Tags Bate back in for a top rope flipping senton. Uppercut well, was it the spiral tap? Like, no. Is it the... no, it was oh. just a regular old senton. Oh, damn. Uppercut exchange. Smith gains the advantage momentarily. Carter slingshots in, and Bate was supposed to catch him on his shoulders, but he doesn't, so he just um, picks him up instead for the airplane spin, which always Big looks pretty cool. Boy. Yes. Hurricane Rana to Bate off the top with an axe kick by Carter for two before he knocks Trent Seven to the floor. Bate catches a charging Carter, throws him overhead. Uh, Bate needs to make a tag, and Seven's finally back up on the apron just in time. We get a tornado DDT by Carter after, like, the silly string part of it, and then a partial moonsault by Carter oh, yeah, for two. The they were even, like, did, didn't her. get all of it. Um, we get a seven-star lariat and the emerald flosion um, to Smith as Carter sent to oh, the floor. Enough. What is the emerald flosion? I, I just wrote it down because they said it. I don't even remember what he did. It's like... Um, if it's what I'm thinking of, because I used it as a finisher for one, my one created guy. Yeah. And just because of the name, because I mean a rich guy in Emerald Flosion, like Emerald. But anyways, it's like a, it's like a, so he picks up like a body slam and then kind of slams him to the side. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, like, yeah, he yeah. lands in a seated position yep, and the he guy's does. kind of beside him. Like, kind of like that, I think. Spinning sit-out spine buster by Smith. Assisted moonsault by Carter for two. Trent Seven takes an Irinagi on the floor and a top rope leg lariat to bait inside the ring. Cutter to Bate off of Smith's shoulders for a near fall. Uh, things continue to break down, leaving Bate and Smith in the ring. We get Bop and Bang take down Smith, and Bate goes for the cover. Smith gets his foot up on the ropes, but Trent Seven runs by before the ref can notice, knocks the foot off the ropes. Oh, and, that what happened? I thought yeah. he got his foot under the ropes. And, no. Mustache um, Mountain get the, the slightly dirty win here, which was interesting, right, I thought? Oh, um, I thought it was like he had his foot on the ropes and the ref just didn't notice. No, Trent ran by and knocked it off. I guess you could do that. I mean, it's a little dirty, I, I guess. But... I think what it does is it's like a compliment to Smith and Carter, right? It makes them look a bit stronger that Mustache Mountain, your super babyface tag team, had to take a shortcut to keep the title right. sort of thing. So I feel like it's setting up further stuff, which I'm fine with. Part of me um, is like it's kind of a shortcut, but then at the same time, it's like, I don't know. It's like, I don't know. I, it was I done well. Was... He ran by at the exact right time. I thought the second half of this match was really good. The pace picked up. Uh, Smith and Carter actually got a couple believable yeah, near falls. Yeah, I don't remember paying too much attention to the first half. And then it was nonstop in and out of the ring action. I think the finish, like I'm saying, helps make Carter and Smith look strong because they forced Mustache Mountain to get a shortcut win here. I think Smith and Carter have improved a lot, and they're quite a good tag team. I just... They're not they need, interesting. They need some character development, right? They're a bit generic to me still. Um, it kind of feels like it's Anafe and malik blade but like they're obviously they're smith roasted. and carter are further along in their progression um 
and they're a good tag team but same thing like i want to know more about them as people as characters so a, a good main event overall i thought i don't know what about you um yeah i i don't know i definitely was like not paying attention too much the first half kind of half paying attention but yeah half, half. um but i definitely got more into it at the end and i think the finish was good i didn't i thought it was something else but i think it still works it could set up a rematch i think I don't it might think right? it's necessary i don't know where else you go though right yeah i mean like not necessary to see right i think it's storyline wise it makes sense but i don't know how much i need to see it right. but I, I i don't know it could be good um i like that i hope that maybe they face d familia at some point yeah I, don't know, I feel like or get the hunt back together yeah i think maybe do that and i think eventually maybe hold off on that so d familia can win the titles That'd be cool. I like the familiar. So this week, I don't know. I thought the segments were better. The in-ring action was just decent. I thought the main event was the match of the night. Raja Jones and Brookside Amal matches were decent, but kind of enhancement-ish. The trucker segment was interesting. The symbiosis one was cool. So I thought it was a decent show, but contained nothing I would say like people need to go out and see. So I was torn between two grades. I'm going to go with the C+, which might seem a bit harsh, but I thought the show was kind of decent, but... In an hour, there were still some things I didn't really enjoy. Actually, I'll go B minus. I'll bump it up. I think there was some, a few things I enjoyed more. The getting back to a few good segments. So I'll go B minus mm-hmm. for it this um, week. Yeah. So I think the opener was all right. I kind of enjoyed the Danny Jones Raja match more than I think we had any right. To, yeah. Just because it's just an enhancement match, and the main event was pretty good. I like the symbiosis segment because I think it's interesting. I hope it is wild because I feel like that it was kind of a good subtle tease. Yeah. Um. And what, I think the coffee segment was solid as well. And then I think I didn't love the Isladon thing. And then mm-hmm. also the, what was it? Mastiff Stars thing. It's just yeah, kind it's of Yeah, it's a weird. waste of my time. So I, I think I'll go a little lower. I'll go with the C+. All right, that's so, fair. Yeah. Nice. Uh, it was an alright show, but nothing like... Again, we're waiting for it to get as good as the first couple we reviewed, right? We were really enjoying it. I mean, we're getting it, Dragon but... on Freezer and then yeah. Coffee so Star that should be in good. the next couple of weeks. So, I mean, there's a chance. Yep, for sure. All right, well, that's bring to the end of that, and we'll move into, uh, I think we only have one show to talk about in our next segment, which correct. is Any Other Wrestling Business. All right, so I'm just going to talk some NXT, and then we're going to get out of here, because i got to go back to the city to coach some basketball. So, uh, uh, And you, and you said there's that. there's no figuring it out, right? This there week? is none. They They're slacking. Right. Okay. So this will be the final segment. We'll talk about NXT and we'll get oh, out of here. Yes, real quick. and saving the best for last. Uh, that's right? right. That has to be what it is. So Braun Breakers in the ring talking about winning on Vengeance Day and hyping whatever the NXT event is on WrestleMania weekend. We get a lot Stand of that. Stand and deliver. There again. you go. We get a lot of that tonight. Except no takeover. So they're not. Um, right. They what, know. What's the they're not killing that brand for like uh, somethinging the name? What? Um, like the expression for like. I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> he says basically he'll go into and leave that weekend as champion. Dolph Ziggler interrupts. Ziggler puts over Braun briefly, calls him an F-350 like a big tough pickup truck. Braun will for sure make it to Mania weekend, but he won't make it there as champion. Ooh. When Ziggler wants the title, it'll be his. Braun calls Dolph skinny, wants him to fight him right now. Ziggler calls Braun the man in Orlando. Ooh. Because Ziggler's the man elsewhere. Oh, no. He loses no, all the time. No, he's the 
man, okay? Right. How dare you? Um, Ziggler apparently has the power to ban Braun Breaker from ringside for his match tonight, and he storms off. Hey, anyone, hey, anyone, I mean, can, anyone do can do anything. Make matches, right? It's the wild, NX, wild west. I guess Ziggler does know the lay of the land. So Braun, I still think, is just like passable or acceptable on the mic. He's fine. He, he's pretty basic, but he's not bad. Um, and it, he had one good line. He said, like, they don't pay me to look good. They pay me to kick ass, which I thought because he was making fun of um, Ziggler made fun of his denim on denim look which is a an interesting look uh, to like choose the Canadian tuxedo. yeah exactly uh so i think ziggler's good on the mic but for me he's coming close to overdoing it here in nxt but anyways maybe it's just like in... uh, you mean like appearances or like no like is his delivery and stuff oh, okay and yeah. maybe it's just to contrast because braun is so straightforward and kind of new to it but um and again, he's great in the ring, but he never wins matches. So that earns him an immediate top of the card status in NXT, right? Just well, come mean, down there, it is anybody. The developmental territory, I guess. I guess right? And that's like, what I had because it is unapologetically I mean, uh, developmental especially now. Especially now, like I feel like if it was NXT exactly one year ago, yeah. then maybe it's like a little different because they can kind of just ignore it. Yeah, but even a loser on main roster is better than Get our winners truth on in NXT. Here, am I right? Yeah. So then we get LA Knight taken on Grayson Waller. Uh, Knight is in control of it until a Sanga distraction on the outside, which Sanga didn't really do anything other than be standing there. He didn't get involved or anything. So Knight just decides right, to distract himself. Right, just sort himself. of paid attention to him for a second, and that was enough. Waller then stays in control for a long time until his roll-through cutter attempt. Run, after Stunner. running, he runs down the entire ramp. That gets countered by Knight from the floor. Uh, as I think any finisher where you're starting outside the ring like that is He runs down the stupid. full ramp. As um, Knight is going for the BFT finisher, Sanga from the floor just reaches and holds on to Waller so that it can't be delivered. And then Waller quickly rolls Knight up. And that is the match, basically. Knight obviously snaps, hits the BFT to Sanga and then um, Waller as well. well. Waller took it kind of nice. I and then he the leaves, clip. yeah. Takes it straight down pretty much. Um, solid match. I didn't think the finish did it any favors. These two guys seem to work pretty well together. And Waller is super hated right now so knight is seems to be getting over as a baby face with the crowd a little bit the actual crowd and the fake I crowd what'll happen when he stops tweeting with this Waller. is the first week you noticed the the fake crowd standing up at the top right because yeah, totally when you walk by it looks so dumb um i thought the finish was like lame main roster style stuff like distraction roll up almost basically but the match itself was fine until that point uh then from earlier today dakota kai wakes up wendy chu hmm Apparently, Wendy never told Dakota they were partners, but Wendy says she told Kai's imaginary friend, because that's Kai's gimmick now. Oh, my God. Dakota says her track record she with friends... She gets an imaginary friend and then also an actual partner, which is Wendy Chu. Right. Her track record with friends isn't very good. Honestly, I'd rather her team with Tian Shaw. Chu says that Kai hasn't had Chu as a partner and says, see ya, and then leaves. So, I don't know, man. She almost, Kai, seemed to drop the character for a few seconds when she talked in the middle of this. Why does she been like this? About because her track she lost record. to Gonzalez? Like... I don't know if the idea is every partner she's had, she's turned on or abandoned, so she has to have, like, imaginary friends now. I don't know. I don't know what's... I don't care, and I don't like it That's either. probably the dumbest um, thing I've ever heard, but, but it also sounds like something they would do. Yeah, but then she went back into the character I don't like. So this was just two ridiculous characters having an interaction. <laughs> <laughs> um, isn't that zany exactly. and edgy, right? Oh, That's they're so exactly edgy. 
Uh, now it's time to train Cora Jade's way, because last week we trained in Gonzalez's way, right? Why does right? Gonzalez need to train? Isn't she the veteran, the old, tired veteran? But she's got to learn the new school ways. She's stuck in her old school ways, right? So Cora oh, yeah, Jade's yeah. way is to go to a climbing place, like what we call up here treetop trekking, which I've done before. What do so, they call it there? I don't know what it was called. But um, So Gonzalez is afraid of heights. And then cue really? the, mo- the, tall one? Cue the montage the tall? of them doing rope courses in the trees. Gonzalez struggles and Jade thrives. The exact opposite of last week. How clever. And they're going to find common ground somewhere. I exactly. Guarantee. They bond over this. They zip line and now they've bonded. They're on the same page for the Dusty Cup. Um, uh. I don't think it was terrible. I, I found it kind of cheesy and I could see people probably did like this, but it's not for me. NXT, right? They seem to love this whole improbable buddies like um they did gargano loomis right they did wagner kyle o'reilly they did tried to do eo and zoe and now they're doing these two so it's this idea of like i don't even know if it's reluctant partners but this like odd couple sort of thing they like to do right now they're going back to that well a lot it's just the latest version of that i don't find this one particularly interesting but i i bet people like that segment um then we get because we don't get enough of toxic attraction there's going to be a toxic lounge where the toxic uh, attraction ladies are going to watch the Dusty Cup and they get a chance to speak to Mackenzie from the lounge. They all get a chance. Um, JC tells us they'll be watching all the cup matches from the lounge. Then I think they take a couple shots at Gonzalez and Cora Jade. And then Mandy says it makes sense that Jade and Gonzalez gave up trying to beat her and they won't be able to beat Dolan and Jane either. Um, she implying they're lesser than her? Wow. Yes. Jane and Dolan do not seem to be improving. Like, I find them worse now than they were in the beginning. because I, I hated them earlier, so I don't awful. even want to know. Um, I suffer a little bit from secondhand embarrassment when they cut a promo. Like, I almost look away, and I'm not even kidding. It's so bad, and I find they're just not... They're playing roles that they're not comfortable in, is what it feels like to me. And they're being... It's... They're not good enough actors at this point to pull that off. You know what I mean? Right. And I find it uncomfortable and awkward. And I don't think it works. And I don't think the crowd's buying into it either. But anyways. Um, so we do then get our first Dusty Cup match for the women. Which uh, that both of them go kind of the same way. It's Kaylee Ray and Io Shirai taking on Lash Legend and Amari Miller. Um, before entrances are even done, we've already cut to the Toxic Attraction Lounge at least three times. So it's this constant cutting back to see them, right? Which is annoying. Um, Lash LaRue, sorry, Lash Legend is super green. Um, and she and EO have some issues early on. Like there's some sloppiness here. I don't even think EO and Kaylee Ray looked great in this, to be honest. We got a Kaylee Ray bomb, uh, Kaylee Ray moonsault off the second rope mostly. She doesn't really hit it clean. And then EO hits her moonsault for the win in less than. Minutes. You remember the gimmick. Yay. Yep. We're b- back to original NXT in less than three minutes. Um, this was an enhancement tag match with a bit of time spent trying to get over Lash's size and power. She is really big. It wasn't a very good match. It felt like early 2.0 with the under three minute time. And why choose this as the opening match for your tournament, right? Like this is not a good match and it was very short. But anyways... Mackenzie's then with Dante Chen ahead of his match with Duke Hudson. He's mad at Duke for trying to end his career before it began. He gets his vengeance today. Duke won't be able to sweep Parada off her feet if he has no legs to stand on. Ooh, that was just a, such a scripted line. Um, so I thought his delivery was okay. Some of the lines he, were given, he was given were kind of cheesy, but that's what you get in 2.0. Then it's time for Jensen and Briggs. Yes, talking about getting Jensen out of the friend zone. They're going to make a video for a dating app. And it's as bad as you think. 
Oh so my god. They keep screwing up and arguing. Like Briggs doesn't even remember his name the first time. Or sorry, Jensen calls himself Brick. Like just anyways. Um, it was really short, but it feels like we're coming back to this a couple times at least. So it's Duke Hudson, Dante Chen. Chen attacks Hudson during his entrance because he's super mad. Chen goes after Hudson's leg as he promised to do. Chen starts out hot with one nice flurry of offense, but that's all he gets. Duke eventually overpowers him and quickly hits his razor's edge finish, which does look pretty good because he goes to the ground with them when he hits it. Um, he picks up the win in under three minutes. Correct. <gasps> So another enhancement I match really know that things. feels like the early weeks at 2.0, right? So much for Which Chen. Which were the best. So much for Chen, I guess. Like, he's highly motivated by vengeance, but you lose to a mid-carder in three minutes. So good luck to you, Dante Chen. Uh, Mello and Trick Williams head to the ring to speak. We get a catchphrase right off the bat, and tonight is a melibration. Mello delivers um, the match of the night at Vengeance and stole the show, which I happen to agree with. They start talking about WrestleMania week again. Dunn interrupts and reminds Mello that he hasn't beaten Dunn because Mello is going on about how there's nobody left for him to beat sort of thing. So Dunn starts to angle toward a match. Mello tries to avoid it at first. Dunn challenges Mello for next week, I think it was. Mello seems to finally accept, but Cameron Grime runs in, takes out Trick and Mello as we cut to a commercial. When we come back, Trick and Grimes have already started a match that they made over the commercial break. So I thought Mello and Trick were really good in this, and I think Mello is actually making me laugh a couple times now. He's settled into his role a bit better and is sort of um, staying in the background a little bit more. Uh, Dunn was good too, and then it just kind of ended all of a sudden. Um, so I think Dunn faces Mellow next week, but it wasn't totally clear because that seems pretty quick. But anyways, that looks like what's happening. So Grimes and Trick Williams are fighting here. Grimes dominates early. Trick takes his turn hitting very basic offense, including a body slam. Trick keeps applying this weak-looking submission in between a few kicks. Uh, and then eventually Grimes fights back. Pendulum side effect, I called it, by Grimes looked nice. An awkward high cross body by Grimes. Trick seemed to be facing the wrong direction and basically took a cross body to the side of the head. It looked kind of funny. Um, that's weird. Commentary tried to get over it, get it over as like a knee to the head. I don't think that's what it was. But then we get a cave in and Grimes wins this one in six minutes. Ah, man, Trick is really inexperienced. And even in this match, I thought, and with a good wrestler, I think, in Grimes, right? I think he still got exposed a little bit. He's almost entirely kicks and punches, and some of the kicks don't look great. His legs are so long, I feel like he struggles to line up the point of impact a little bit. Um, and he did not turn around when he was supposed to for that crossbody, and it took it off the side of the head. So I'm kind of on board with his character now as Mello's sidekick, but I don't think he's very good in the ring. He needs to improve there as well. Uh, back to Jensen and Briggs. Jensen tries some awkward pickup lines for the dating app and adds in some light homophobia, which is... Never appreciated for me, but I forget what it even was. But anyways, there was some sort of hint at homophobia, which was stupid. But anyways, um, so these things come in threes. I'm guessing there's one more, and they're juvenile and annoying. So Braun and Champa interact backstage. Champa, uh, Champa, Champa is lifting some weights. Basically, Braun wishes Champa luck. Champa says they're one one in their series. Braun says he can't wait for the rubber match. Uh, I thought this was all it needed to be, sort of teasing Braun Champa 3, three maybe for WrestleMania week even. I'm not sure where they're going to go with it. But I think I prefer Braun here. He was a little bit calmer doing this promo, and it sounded more natural. I thought he was better here than when he gets sort of fired up. We get a brief Nikita Lyons vignette because she's up next, but no, she isn't. It's obviously a Chase University segment, and we're going back to the well of what we were doing before. 
This time it's a lesson on intestinal fortitude, which is uh, he uses to call out Von Wagner for not having that. And then it's back to the usual thing where one of the students asks him a reasonable question. Chase um, snaps, throws him out, and then uh, now we have Bodhi obviously cheering him on as well. This just felt like a completely recycled segment from early NXT 2.0. There's nothing new here unless the student he throws out becomes an opponent. Otherwise, there was nothing going on here, really. Um, were you watching this, the debut of Nikki Eda Lyons? I can't remember. I think you stopped by for something, right? Yeah, because so I wanted to see it because I thought it would suck. It's Nikita Lyons taking on Kayla Inlay. So Inlay gets a lot of offense here, and Lyons eventually lands a bunch of kicks and a German tornado kick and a leg drop for Nikita Lyons' win in four minutes. Um, uh, it, was, I would, it was like a split leg drop. It was stupid. Oh, it was a split. So you're right. I don't understand why did Nikita Lyons not come out and destroy this woman, right? After weeks of building Nikita as mega tough, fighting since birth, highlights of her training MMA stuff looking pretty good in those highlights, she struggles right away in her debut match against the jobber. Like Kayla Inlay's had maybe two matches and she's basically enhancement talent and Nikita struggled to, to beat this girl. So she did pick things up, but I really think this should have been like a squash, basically. I did not enjoy this. I don't think Lyons looked very good here, and her finisher I don't really care for either. It's too bad, because the vignettes, yeah, the story of like, I grew up the daughter of a rock star were kind of silly, but the parts where they showed her training made her look pretty good, and then she struggles to beat a jobber. So I don't understand what they were doing here. I was not a fan. Duke and Persia Parada are making out in the locker room, right? Indy, in, Indy interrupts them. Persia runs out. We learned that Duke and Persia were together. Or sorry, Duke and Indy were together in the past, right? Something like, Duke says something like, you didn't seem to mind that when we were together or before or something. And Loomis is standing there. He overheard it all. And I think he runs away or leaves or something. I just don't care, so I don't pay much attention. I apologize. Again, we've got a group of adults behaving like 12-year-olds. Uh, it's not entertaining at all. It's far closer to insulting me than it is entertaining me. Um, it's like we're shocked to learn that people in their 20s and 30s might have dated people before in their lives. <gasps> That's oh God, it's unbelievable. Like, um, Aaron, when she finds out Andy was engaged to right. Angela, except like she's like an idiot. Yes, and he's in his like... 40s at that point probably early <laughs> anyways how scandalous that people have dated as in ad their adult lives even possibly That's better true. keep it all a secret to avoid any problems right yep. what could possibly Absolutely. go wrong robert stone responds to andre chase uh he says he gave chase an out last time but next week vaughn will face chase and beat him then stone and wagner share vaughn's catchphrase this made me laugh because it's like they know Von Wagner is atrocious on the mic, so they keep giving him less and less to say. So now he only got half of his catchphrase, and it still sounded awful. <laughs> sucks. So we've cut him back to half a line. Still really bad. Loved it. Um, Alicia Taylor invites the Creed brothers to the ring to claim the Dusty Cup that they won last week. Bivens cuts a promo basically on Imperium, runs them down for not having an amateur background like the Creed's. Imperium art fighting champions, etc. Until Imperium interrupt. Walter will not let them speak this way, and they will learn to respect Imperium. Uh, Imperium are still the champs, etc. A brawl obviously ensues. Bev Bivens ends up alone with Walter, but he's saved by Solo Sokoa, obviously. He runs in and drops Walter to end the segment. Man, remember how much I loved Imperium about a month ago? 
Like they were the coolest thing going. They are not being booked strongly at well, all right now. Well, that's because they're it annoys me. Cause they're, they're veterans because they're leader and they're not rookies, right? And also so, um, they were great recently and should be a dominant faction, especially now that Walter's here. But this makes it feel like they're Who just. Who is this Walter you speak right. of? He must be I really refuse. Good. I'm still, it's no, still I Walter. No, I'm not me. going to. But it just at this point feels like Imperium's just kind of holding the titles for the Creeds, right? And that the Creeds will just continue to get the better of them until they take the titles. And it bugs me. I hope Imperium. When I think they kind of had potential in their run, Imperium. Uh, for I, sure. They were I, the. I, I liked that match when they won the title. They're the most polished, like, thing going. It was probably one of the only going. 2.0 matches I actually enjoyed. Right. Because, like, there's a very, very short list. Now they're spending weeks kind of making them look silly and having, like, these rookies get the better of them a little bit. It's rookies annoying. always get the better of them. Uh, so more Jensen and Briggs. I think it's the last one. So Fallon, I forget her na full name, the bartender wrestler, interrupts, informs them that they can just use a picture and they don't need to be making videos because that's not how things really work anymore, right? Um, I guess we are supposed to take away that Briggs knew this because it's kind of like he says, what does he say? Something like, uh, I can't remember what it was, but basically that he put Jensen through all this for his own amusement. And we're led to believe that for an hour and a half, because they used that time, that's what they told us. He did this to walk to uh, um, Jensen for an hour and a half for his own amusement. That seems a bit ridiculous to me. <laughs> right? And also like, can you even trust your friend? Right. Uh, so Mackenzie then asked... Who he met at a bar fight. <laughs> with Gacy and Harland, asked about an interaction they had with Draco Anthony as Draco was working out. And we get the classic security video footage playing uh, as Gacy sort of talks about the interaction. Gacy says he was warning Draco about working out alone at night. And Draco took exception and Harland had to step in. But Gacy kind of calls him off. Gacy calls Anthony a piece of clay that could be molded by the right person. Harland will face Anthony next week, and Anthony will learn that it's better to have friends than to be alone. So I guess they're still trying to recruit him a little bit, kind of like the Daniel Bryan thing, like, we're going to fight you first, and then if you want to join us, that's cool. Uh, so how dare you compare this to Bryan Danielson? Sorry. I thought this was fine. Um, a little bit long, but I think Gacy's you, you doing... You say you love him, but... Gacy's doing good work. I do like him. Um, the security camera footage is a bit cheesy, but that seems to be NXT's kind of go-to move a little bit. Uh, Dusty Cup again. It is now Carter and Cat and Zero taking on what seems to be a makeshift team to me of Ivy Nile and Tatum Paxley. Um, so is she actually in Diamond Mine? Or? I don't think so. Uh, and actually, definitely not at the end of this. So I think Paxley's basically here to take a lot of the offense because Nile's still being protected, which I think is fine, right? I think they might have something in Ivy Nile. So protecting her makes sense to me. Caden uh, Carter gets a brief flurry on Nile before Nile takes over with a head kick. And uh, that weak double team move, I don't even make a note of what it was specifically. Nile ends up on the floor. Cat and Zero hit, which I think looks cool, the 450 neckbreaker combo to Paxley for the win in... Under three minutes. Uh, three and a half minutes. Oh, so close. Damn it. Uh, then Nile, after the match, kills Paxley with a chokehold. And um, Roderick Strong has to call Nile off, basically, from killing this woman. So I seem to remember, right, the last time... The main roster did a women's tournament and it was reduced to a joke because every match was like a couple minutes long. Yeah, Queen's Crown. Um, so this is what's going on here, right? This is the first this is two so matches better. of this cup. And this feels, again, like the first month or so of 2.0 where it was three-minute matches that you can't really offer any analysis about and you just got to sort of move on. And that's basically what happened here. Just 
a transparently weak way to have Niall and Paxley work together for one week. Basically, like, oh, we need a team to fill this dusty cup. You mm -hmm. two are together. You lose. You kill her. And we move on. Mm -hmm. Lame. Mackenzie talks to Solo Sokoa, who says he just dropped Walter and he'll do it again next week. He better freaking not. But I'm worried a little bit, honestly. Yeah, and Walter already got chumped by one super kick. So Bivens interrupts, tries to high-five Sokoa, who leaves him hanging. Sokoa, I think, is actually pretty good at delivering these straightforward, like, tough guy promos. He's uh, a lot better than a lot of people in this company at this level, at his promos. So I think he's uh, got a pretty believable character going here so far. They've kept it simple with him. They didn't give him some ridiculous, like, you're a... Uh... I don't know. What's a good gimmick for Solo Plumber. Sokoa? Plumber. Nice. <laughs> LA Knight is mad backstage, but he gives Waller some credit. He brags about taking out Waller and Sanga after the match, and then he just walks away. I didn't really have any thoughts on it. Good enough. Main event, Tommaso Ciampa versus Dolph Ziggler. We got holds and counters. Cheap shot by Ziggler gives him control. He targets Ciampa's repaired neck, which seems smart. We then get a, a bunch of back and forth. A Famouser for a near fall. Project Ciampa, which I'm always glad to see for oh, a near fall. Me too. Running knee, Ziggler gets a foot on the ropes. Apron strike exchange leads to an air raid crash to Ziggler on the apron. Cameraman attacks Champa while the ref is distracted. Champa walks into a super kick, a super kick, a super kick, and loses. And loses to a super kick. I thought he got beat by Rude. Or like he took the camera shot. Or he he took did, super kick after. but then he loses oh, to I the super know. kick. Well, that um, is like the second You just well, spoiled it. Bobby Rude reveals himself to be the cameraman. Oh my God. Would you rather that or zigzag? Uh, I, well, true. Zigzag's kind of <laughs> lame too. Braun comes down to obviously defend Champa because they've got respect respect between the two of them. Mutual, some might even say. So he challenges Rude and Ziggler to a tag match. Officials try to stop them from brawling and the show ends. And you know we're going to get that match because you can make your own matches in this company. Everyone. This was a very good match. I I didn't like the finish myself. Um, The whole like cameraman is somebody else is it's been done a lot at this point. But I think it was still a strong main event for NXT. The pace that these two worked and the holds and counters that they actually are capable of is really glaring on an episode that was like littered with inexperienced talent in three-minute matches, right? So these guys actually knowing how to do holds and counter them and actually working a really fast pace, it just really stands out when you that's not the rest of this show, Good right? Good wrestling stands out on a bad show. Right. So the outcome was what I expected since I didn't think there was any chance. They brought Ziggler down here, gave him all this TV and promo time to have him lose his first match. I didn't love the finish. I just feel like Actually, it's kind the of... The main roster boys looking strong. It's been kind of done and feels like a main roster finish. Um, both of the only decent matches on this show had that cop-out main roster finish, right? Um, and some type of main event shenanigans were telegraphed by Braun being banned from ringside, right? So looking back, it makes it kind of obvious that something's going to happen because Ziggler's banning Braun from ringside because he's kind of been Champa's protector, I guess. I don't know. And commentary also went out of their way to remind us a few times that Braun was banned from ringside. So that's them basically telegraphing some sort of screwy finish, I think. I didn't expect Rude to be there, but it didn't excite me I or, like that, though. or move the needle for he's me. He's got history there. He, he does. And he's helping his tag team partner and stuff, right? right? It's just a standard thing. Anyways, Champa and Ziggler worked really well together. No one's probably surprised by that. Strong match. Good main event. Overall, show took a pretty big step back for me this week and felt a lot, unfortunately, like the early, truly awful episodes of 2.0. The opener was decent but hurt by a weak finish. Both Dusty Cup matches were, were three minutes enhancement, as was Duke Hudson Chen. 
Grimes Williams was a little bit more than that, but still pretty much enhancement and not that great. Nikita Lyons match was far too competitive and I thought really disappointing. The main event lost a couple marks for the finish I didn't really like. Um, and you add to that three Jensen and Briggs segments, right? And this show was tough for me oh to get through. Oh my God, a three-part segment. So I gave it a D plus because, I mean, the main event was good, but I didn't like the finish. The opener was fine. And then everything in between was pretty much a waste of time, to be perfectly honest. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. That's going to bring me to the end of talking about NXT. And I think the end of this episode 84 want to mention i noticed that you can go to awards.com you can vote for year end awards or i think it's year end awards i don't know oh, already what it's for, february for last year i think oh okay that makes sense i, I think that's I late know, feels but, like yeah i know all right it's awards for something cool uh so i'm gonna cut this a bit quickly because i gotta get back in the car and drive back to the city but uh thanks to anyone who took any time out of their week to listen to us talk about a bit of wrestling we will be back next saturday for episode 85 i don't for think sure. anything in between that right uh no but revolutions next weekend so oh, nice. we'll also we'll do that out. we'll cover that i think right yep. awesome Can't all right well, for that. we look forward to seeing you all back here next week for episode 85 and until then take care